Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, episode 11 of the 2015 offseason. I think I read today it's 93 days until the first football game. Uh, that's actually, I believe, preseason. But this is show 175, and uh, we got a good one today. We're going to do sleepers and deep sleepers. We got a lot of guys listed that we've kind of all agreed on, and not really all agreed on, but all agreed that we were it was worth talking about, and uh, so that should be a good time. And we is Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way from me. I got Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and we're fired up to give you some fantasy football goo. Like I said, sleepers, deep sleepers, um, you know, we're going to get into it in a second, but one important thing that we're doing right now, uh, this week, and, uh, you know, I've said it on podcasts before, I, I really, really imploring you today to help us out, help some Pyro Brothers out. We're trying to get as many reviews and as many five-star ratings on iTunes as possible, um, and we could really use your help. Uh, we found some, some information that says we really push it uh, in a small window of time and get a lot of ratings and reviews and it will give us a better standing in our news and noteworthy section of iTunes, which gets us more eyeballs and gets us a bigger audience. Trust me, they won't be in your league. So go and give us a review. Stags. Well, let's go ahead and read one off. Oh, I like it. Uh, you know, uh, from Maltese Dragon, uh, it, it was updated in the last couple days. Uh, I credit Pyro with my fantasy success last year. Lost in the finals, but I had the best team in the league and won the total point crown. Great fantasy knowledge and entertaining with entertaining dialogue. Looking forward to winning the league next year with Team Pyro. Fosho, thanks for the review. We appreciate it. We're going to start reading off one of these every podcast or so uh, and, and thanking you for thanking us, which is uh, why we do this. We do it for the fans. And also, breaking news, I just got off the phone with Maury. L. Collins is not the father. <laughs> so he's, this is going to be one of the most unprecedented courtings of a player in NFL history. <laughs> I'm well, shocked that somebody didn't take a chance in the seventh round on that guy. That was stupid. I was saying it all day that day. Go for it. I'm going to give him a fail, Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. <laughs> I think the thing was the NFL probably sent out a memo saying, 
Don't touch this guy. We've had enough black eyes in the last year or so that, that we really don't need this. Don't touch him. You know, we'll give you an okay when we feel it's okay. When we get the okay from the Baton Rouge Police Department. So that's my opinion. I don't know if that's true. But I, it's conspiracy theory here. It seems like collusion. I believe yeah. in the micromanagement of the NFL at this point in time <laughs> with their image. 100%. Uh, it's, not, it's not even just the micromanagement, though. I mean, I think that every team that has gone through some crap over the last couple of years has really taken it right on the nose. And I don't think any other team wants to uh, even put themselves in a position to do it. I don't think it, it, it takes micromanagement to do that. I think they just do it on their own. But weren't you surprised, though, that Dallas didn't after going after uh, Gregory. Gregory? And they had also just gotten Hardy in the offseason. He's I mean, meeting with Dallas today. Well, what about what about Who's the other Dallas? guy? Yeah. Yeah. I can see right that. tackle. What What about the other fella the, that Seattle drafted out of Michigan? What's his name? Ryan or who's the? He Jake got, Ryan? The, the, no, the defensive the, end. Yeah, he, he Jake the, Ryan. Isn't that sixteen? It candles? is. I know. It is. That's the guy's <laughs> name. What do you, you sound like my sister right now? Did you just get done watching Mallory on Family Ties? <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, but they they drafted him. He was basically the police report was here that he, he beat the living crap. Out of his girlfriend, Sarah Spain, and some of those ladies like Janelle Hill or whatever on ESPN are going nuts. That ESPNW, that new network show, that thing is going to crush and hopefully bring down a lot of these white beaters because uh, I don't know they they didn't send out the memo on that guy. Anyway, let's talk about some sleepers, and I think we're going to start. We figured the best way to go through this was by position, so we'll start with quarterbacks, and uh, you know we'll start. Should we bounce between sleepers and deep sleepers, or just do sleepers then deep sleepers? Well, um, we started off with the put them to sleepers, but uh, sure. Well, we'll talk about the <laughs> we'll talk about the just the regular sleepers now is fine, I guess. Sammy. I'm in love with the sleepers. She riding, she rolling. T Pain, lot of Yeah, who remembers that? I mean, I think I think I'm, I'm going to get you a karaoke machine for your birthday. <laughs> you do like to sing. There's, there's an, an app. app. For that. There's a T Pain app. Has the app? Get, Are you getting? I've used it. I'm not allowed to be on my phone. We all agree. No, no, but he sings more than just T Pain. He, he needs more than just a voice box. I've, I've, I've got what? I've got one song clip a week, and that's all I got. That's all I'm good for. Sam Bradford, uh, recently. Uh, as we know, traded from the Rams, been injured nonstop, and goes over to the Eagles. What's to uh, what's the expectations here? Where is he getting drafted right now? Um, and then intermittently, as we're talking about this, I'd like to hear each of you guys kind of give your your feelings or your uh, definition, so to speak, of what a sleeper is. All right. Well, I, I, first of all, I'll, I'll tell you that. What Sam Bradford's value is is basically is exactly what Nick Foles was last year. Foles came out of the 2013 season with one of the highest points per game in the entire league. I think he was third highest behind Manning and Breeze in 2013. Where was Foles drafted last year? He was drafted as a what, top six, seven quarterback, yeah, or top something five like that. in some spots. Yeah, yeah, top five in some spots. Um, it, it, you're talking about an offense that is so go, go, go that provides so many fantasy points for everybody. The only thing that obviously to be afraid of with Bradford is his injury past. And if you can get past the injury pass, you can get yourself a steal because I guarantee you most of your league is going to be waiting off a little bit on him because they obviously don't want to take a guy who's been injured pretty much every year of his life 
I, I, I don't know what happened at birth, but it was pretty much every year of his life. Otherwise, I think this guy can be a top five quarterback in the entire league. He's literally one of the most tooled quarterbacks in the entire league. It's just a matter of staying healthy for him. That's the key. But that's that's exactly why he becomes a great sleeper. Because he will fall because of the injury risk. So, And, and the best part about this, when you're looking at a Sam Bradford, it's not like you're actually even looking at him and drafting him to be your starter. But you're drafting him as a competent backup who's going to have the potential to be a, your starter who could potentially score more than your starter if he stays healthy and that he runs that offense like Chip Kelly believes he can. And from what, everything that we've seen in the offseason from Chip Kelly, he is getting rid of everybody that has anything that does not go with his mind on it, and he's putting in yes people to him. So if he is the grandmaster that he believes that he is, then this should work out really well for Sam Bradford. Don't ask LaShawn McCoy <laughs> who Chip Kelly's getting rid of because he's got some very poignant uh, good black players. Absolutely. <laughs> I all the answers back to Yeah, Chip Kelly's getting rid of the ego egomaniacs that don't know about team concepts. He, here's uh, the thing. <laughs> what it sounds like. Is, is that right, Jess? You might you might say that nobody's gonna draft him as their starter. I'm I might be the person who drafts him as my starter, so that way. I've got one of the last quarterbacks I'm depending on to start for me, and then I can just let him go by the wayside if he fails and just sort of stream it every week. Uh, I'm I'm getting real on board with this, real on board with streaming quarterbacks this season. Well, so, but that's what, only if you're saying if you're really waiting until the end. I'm waiting, which, I'm, I'm well, waiting well, deep, and I'm going to load deep. up on other positions. Okay, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go into it and want to stream quarterbacks for my season, but I understand about waiting he's, for him. He's been him. talking about that for a number of podcasts. That's yeah. just, that's I, just one of his. Have you done this before, or you, this is a test? Do it, do a lot of reading up on it, and I like it. I like it. Just the value you can get elsewhere in, say, the fifth round when you're drafting. You know, Breeze. are you reading it up on uh, Number Fire? That late round QB guy that yeah, his, JJ's got his some good Twitter stuff. handle is this. It, it, yeah. <laughs> he's got some good stuff. And the thing is, you know, with the Eagles, they throw it a lot. And last season they finished as the 16th, their quarterbacks as a whole, they finished, you know, right dead middle in the league with 16.2 fantasy points a game. So you're looking at they can they improve? Yes, because they threw 21 interceptions. Do I think Sam Bradford's going to throw 21 interceptions? Absolutely not. Uh, not in this offense, not with his accuracy, not with his skill set. So I really like a Sam Bradford as a potential last quarterback drafted as a potential starter who could pay off big in, in terms of like top five value. Uh, you know, just the, the weapons he has around him, Jordan Matthews, the addition of now Nelson Aguilar, Zach Ertz, uh, Josh Huff, and or Koopa, uh, you know, he's got weapons around him. I also and the really system. like DeMarco Murray, though, for him. And DeMarco Murray, and Ryan Matthews, and Darren Sproles, good because guy. they're all good pass catching backs. And they can all, you know, pass block. So, what's not to love? I think uh, Brett Selleck's had a thousand yard season, too. He's got, he's got it all, basically. He has anything and everything at his, his disposal. He can, and if he does stay healthy, I'm going to say right now, Sam Bradford's a top five quarterback. And what, what's, what's that thing saying? Four in little increments, in little windows. He's been that Absolutely. top five guy. Yeah, and what's that saying? Very though? small ones. But. Here's the thing the, the big saying about Sam Bradford now is the best ability is availability. So, yeah. is he going to be in the lineup for you? In addition, Philadelphia, Philadelphia also has a pretty darn easy strength of schedule when it comes to passing the ball. I mean, look at the division they're in, first of all. But 
second of all, it's it's just it's top ten. It's eighth, I think, overall at this point. You Who's the best corner in that division? You mentioned Tebow, and I'm just gonna let you guys know, you listeners, at the pre at the pre production of this show, I said we should put Tim Tebow as a deep sleeper, and they all shot me down. So if he does, if Bradford goes down, likely. If um, Sanchez gets hurt, eh. Possibly, or is if it effective? Barkley, or throws four Barkley against the Packers. even makes the team or isn't there or goes down, there's a chance. And let's remember, he's a man of God. So sometimes things happen. It's like final countdown when uh, the, with the first three QBs, and then all of a sudden Tim Tebow starting quarterback. So you're saying there's a chance. There's a chance. Some guy's gonna go on a roller coaster ride, and his head's gonna. Get Chopped off. His name might be Matt Barkley. Dog, have you come up with who the best corner in that division is yet? Because, I, no, there's nobody good. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, Brandon Carr used to be really good, and he, I, mean, I guess he could still play. I don't know. <laughs> so I like it. Keep your ears on um, on stag parties. Going late, having uh, Sam Bradford be his number one, and if he duds out or gets hurt, streaming. I like it. I'd like to see in some of the mocks. I want to see you test that theory and see how those teams turn out, and uh, that's the way to do it. So let's go on to the next guy. Eli Manning. You know, it's a fringe. It's hard to call him. And we're sitting here wondering what, what it's subjective on what, a, what, what a, a deep sleeper is to each person. So throughout the show, we'll just slowly hear what we all say. Dog, I'm going to start with you. When you're coming up with sleepers and what, what that means to you and the kind of people that fall within that realm, what really stands out or what would you like to say to our audience that what does sleeper mean to you? All right. Well, first of all, for, for sleeper for me is a guy that people aren't thinking of. That, uh, you know, you, there's always, you look on any site that, you, uh, that most people go to before their drafts and everybody will have their, their, their top 10s, their top 15s, top 20s, and everybody knows those guys. It's the guy just beyond that top 10, just beyond that top 15, just beyond that top 20. You know, at specific positions, you know, whether it be the quarterback or, you know, running back or or wide receiver or whatever. Um, It's just beyond that where people aren't thinking of that particular guy. A deep sleeper is a guy that's on nobody's radar for me. And I have guys like that in my back pocket that I'm going to be throwing out here that I haven't even put on the list yet. I'll tell you that right now. This is what he does every time. And I I will, and I'll do it. I'm sorry, guys. He's he's got to stake his claim early. He's just got to throw out names so he can claim them two years later. He's already done that. The whole league. He comes (laughs) with the depth chart week one of the season. He goes, I got dibs. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my thing. Eli Manning is a sleeper because among quarterbacks, you know, there's 32 starters, right? So anybody in that kind of second, you know, 11 through 21 range is... Pretty much a sleeper. Anybody, you know, 22 through 32, that's a deep sleeper among quarterbacks. It's a little bit different with every other position because there's not that solidified group of starters. Uh, You know, pretty much quarterbacks, you rank 32, and then rankings of 33 through 50 are just guys who you think could start a couple games here and there. Okay. I'll give you that. Let me talk about Eli Manning then. Yeah. Why I love Eli Manning this year. It's, you have to, number one, everyone knows, ODB. Okay? That's that's huge in its own right. Then you're going to have Victor Cruz, who's going to be coming back. You know, even if it's not even at full strength at, at, at the start of the season, he'll be back. You have Ruben Randall, who's got another year of, of progression in his development, which I hope is really progression in his development, because <laughs> he's he just has all the tools. He just needs to be... He just needs to be more sure-handed, and he could be such a much better receiver. 
The other thing that makes this team, I think, so interesting this year, Shane Vereen. You now add Shane Vereen to that backfield. What they like to do with the screen pass and what they were doing, if you remember, in the early in the preseason last year where we saw Rashad uh, uh, Jennings was getting a ton of action in the screen game. Well, Shane Vereen is going to fill the role that they envisioned David Wilson having, what, three years ago, that they've never been able to add this element to their offense. So if he's if Shane Vereen's able to stay healthy, you know you, you take all these things into account. This Shane Vereen athletically is no David Wilson, though. Let's just make that clear. Right, but but David Wilson, all we sure. saw was about two two plays yeah. or games worth of, no, uh, of no, anything. No, no, no doubt about it. But it's his poor dimension. guy. Had to Shane Vereen has a lot more athletic neck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but what he does is he catches passes, and so no, no. it's the adding of the dimension. And this is the thing that Eli needs. He needs to have now. He actually has, and especially with Larry Donnell and what they have at the tight end, he now has receivers at all three levels of of the offense. That gives him the added dimension where he can be more explosive. They also don't have in Rashad Jennings with his injury problems and with Andre Williams without his dominance as a running back. You have a team that's going to lean more on the passing game. And why wouldn't you lean on a two-time Super Bowl winner to, to take you when he has all the weapons at his disposal to not have to force it this time? I mean, just looking at it, he was 7th in attempts, or 7th in uh, completions last year, 6th in attempts, uh, finished top 10 among QBs uh, in fantasy points. So there's a lot of things to like. And then there's the fact that ODB didn't play the first four or five games, and you know Victor Cruz didn't play you know after that fifth or sixth game, and then Ruben Randall was a bum for half of those games, uh, and then Donnell was a bum except for a three touchdown game, and no Vereen, and the line now improved with their first round pick, uh, bumping Justin Pugh inside, so now they're deeper there. Uh, and my biggest, my biggest thing for them is that he's now he's got a year of this new offense that was a year ago was brand new and slowed him down. Obviously, ODB wasn't there, but also him just getting comfortable with that. So now he's got a whole year. There's no question about it. He's a Manning. He's going to be an expert and omniscient on this offense. And now you've had an extra ten minutes. Have you thought of the best quarter in this division yet? <laughs> 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 With one job. One job. What do you want? DRC. Dominic Rogers Camardi. Throwing against his own Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that. I mean, I don't know. You can throw Skandrick in there, I guess, maybe. No, but one more thing that I wanted to add to exactly what I was saying in explaining what I was talking about, the one guy beyond that you're not thinking of. And the reason why you're not thinking of it, you're not thinking of the situation, Okay. A lot of these guys have big names, all right? You, obviously, you know your Peyton Manning's. You know your Drew Brees's. You know, you, you know your DeMarco Murray's. You know, you, you know all these names, but it's the guy in the situation where he's set up to succeed that doesn't have the big name that you're just not thinking of. You know, it's it, a situation like this, like you're talking about with Eli, Man, Eli Manning, that situation is a purebred to succeed, and he will succeed in that situation. And it's not just him. There's other players in that offense right there who are going to succeed just thinking about it. You know, and, and you know, going back to the situation with Sam Bradford, that's a Philadelphia offense where you're set up to succeed. Sure, what you're thinking of is the injury. What you're thinking of is his past and what happened there. But don't think of that. Think about the situation. Think about where, why he's set up to succeed. Who is set up to succeed? 
It's not just the big names. It's the situation you got to think about. Not only that, to add on to it, like what you're saying, you're thinking of Sam Bradford in all this aspect of St. Louis. You have to divorce yourself in a lot of things from last year mm-hmm. when you look at this season. And when you're looking and projecting at, at, a, at a player, like Dog is saying, look at the situation, divorce yourself from everything that happened last year, and, and at least start with it as a clean slate so that you give the, the, fair, the fair eyes to it. I got it. But in, in talking about Eli Manning, I look at the last four years. I look at him since 2004. Has he missed a game? I don't think he's ever missed a game. He doesn't miss games. He he's never missed a game. game. Never so, missed a game. I want to take an Eli Manning, who I know I'm getting 16 out of. When I look at the last four years, however many since Bradford's got in, a lot of missed games. So I like your thought. You know, you can't get caught up on, but in certain issues with quarterback and taking Eli would go later, and you're saying, do I like Eli or do I like Bradford? Do I like Eli or do I like Tannehill? Do I like Eli or do I like Kaepernick? Do I like Eli? whatever it may be? RG three. You got to look and say. This is one of the guys, and the same, we feel the same way about Luck, that pretty much is guaranteed 16 games. And then you're not having to do a stream and having to worry about it because you know he's playing. It doesn't mean you have to start him, but when you have to start and start going around and plucking guys out because the guy you knew was going to get injured got injured, there's kind of a... We told... You, you knew that was going to happen. You you kind of tested fate too much. That's so great that, What? Great point. I mean, so with Eli, with Eli and they're adding that, that offensive line... Sometimes when you take a later quarterback, a guy with upside, a guy that's done it, he's been a top five QB, he's a two-time champion, and I just think that Eli Manning, for me, I, I think I've got him the highest on my tiers out of all you guys, and Eli I Manning love this guy this year. I'll tell you what, I want to give Eli's you a, never been a top five, but he's been a top five. Really? I'm but here's sure a perfect example of what you're saying, though, is, is was it uh, two years ago, Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, who... Always plays all the games too, or is always a gamer, is always going out there, played a championship game with a torn ACL. Uh, this guy was drafted, I think it was two years ago, was drafted when he threw like the, the, the ridiculously low interceptions after throwing 20 some out of the year before. Was drafted like 14th or 17th, somewhere around then amongst quarterbacks, finished top five. Yeah. And you know, you know Rivers intimately. Uh, from those days back in college. I oh, mean, yes, uh, from, I do. from your dynasty league. That, <laughs> and he's done nothing but play. Mm-hmm. So, again, you don't got to start him. But I, just the opportunity to say, I can play this guy or this guy, is better than saying, I have to play this guy because I drafted the you're one. You're not kidding because from a dynasty standpoint, I had him from when he when we made a trade, when Breeze got traded to New Orleans and then I had Rivers. I franchised him after his contract. He's been my quarterback for like eight, nine years. It's it's ridiculous, and I never have to worry about the position. Although I did get Winston. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. All right, let's go on. Anything else for Manning? I think that's good. No, you did have your you did him highest in the first set of tiers. That's for sure. I I I, we all were pretty high. Yeah, we were. Yeah, I mean, you had seven. I had eight, and I think I had four or five, but. And we're going to change. Our next tiers are uh, coming out starting this week. We're all doing our version two of our tiers because the draft kit version two comes out on the 15th of May. That's pretty sweet. Can't wait to get version two out there. If you haven't picked up the draft kit, do it. The thing's sick. 20 bones. Make it happen. I mean, the thing is just in this incredible Excel document that it's just a lethal weapon. It's a mass destruction. The rest of, mass destruction on the rest of your league. It's like... It's, it's the way to go. It is. Um, you got you got audio there, buddy. Oh, I thought I did, but uh, <laughs> so to verify, Eli. Like... <laughs> Do it again. It's just a... 
Go fuck yourself. <laughs> hey, I thought we weren't having swears on our show. I, I oh, thought, I, I well, thought. unfortunately, you, I picked Tropic Thunder, so... So we're screwed? Good luck. <laughs> so we're fucked. Fuck your own face! Les Grossman's in the house with us, so... Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> to verify, Eli... say, fuck your own face? Is that what he said? That's <laughs> phenomenal. Stag, wow, really stag throwing out all the all the no swearing rules here. Stag, well, yeah, we're going stag, back to being pyro. You'll, you'll get your karaoke machine out in a second. <laughs> go on, go on. Fantasy, fantasy. Let's Eli Manning's best season was in 2011, where he finished the sixth overall. Sixth, yeah, I thought he's top five at, with 280 fantasy points, but not top five. No, not top five. So the audio that I wanted to have for the draft kit, if you have the draft kit, you will be able to go to your people and. I am talking scorched earth, motherfucker. I will massacre you. With this draft kit. Pretty <laughs> uh, much. Yep, there we go. Okay, I'm done for a while. RG3 <laughs> is a sleeper. Um, yeah. Who wants to talk about him? You can. Okay, I mean, I, I'll go quickly. <laughs> they see they picked up his option. They're obviously kind of in. Uh, Gruden might lose his job over this, but he's done it. He's a talent. Hopefully he can figure it out. I have a good feeling he's doing the right things to put himself in position to be a better player than he has been the last two years. I think that is, as a teammate, as a locker room guy, as a leader, I think he got a little caught up in being Mr. Subway, which he's not anymore. You don't see him in the Subway commercials. He gone. Now it's Marcus Mariota. Uh, I think a lot of the things that he kind of came out of the league and was like, the it boy, I think he kind of hit a wall over the last season, or probably last season, and re- came down to earth and realized, you know what? I could be the next Vince Young if I don't pull this shit together right now. And uh, he, I think he's going to make the right steps to do it. Could he just be the same old self and start running and get injured and start doing the same crap? Maybe. But I think he's doing the right things, and I think there's value to be found in where this guy will get picked. We know how running quarterbacks help. Have you guys like seen the theme here? Like, who plays defense in the NFC East? Pretty much. <laughs> Who's the best quarterback in the division? This one applies. Dominic Rogers Camardi. Okay, that actually works. But uh, yeah, let's see. Had good numbers last season. Had his career high in completion percentage. Uh, his, you know, yards per attempt was pretty high. Except he couldn't sustain drives and/or find the end zone. Is that likely to continue? I don't think you can be a quarterback in the NFL and only throw, what, like six touchdowns or something? What did he throw last year? Yeah. I don't think that's possible. Uh, I think they're going to have to stick with him. And I think the best way for Jay Gruden to keep his job is to ride him out for 16 games and then see what happens, even though the deal is only guaranteed in case of injury. So maybe week five comes around, they're 0-5, they could be like, oh, we don't really want to pay RG3, so we're pulling them. We're going with uh, Kirk Cousins and Colt McCoy. So, who knows? But I like the things I saw from a secondary standpoint, and if he could just improve as a leader, I think they can take that next step. Because I like the weapons around him. Yeah, that, that, Alright, there's a lot of things to actually say about RG3 here. And that, that's a good one. There's a lot of weapons around him. Second of all, it's the it's a new year with a new with not a new offense a second year in the offense okay because they were kind of learning that whole new system again next year. Third, as you touched on, D Rex, he's no longer the prima donna. Okay, he's no longer in the commercials and all that sort of stuff. I think he was buying his own hype. Oh, I think yeah. he's been hum- he's been humbled 
You know, it's, it's basically a devil's what kiss for Heisman Trophy winners. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's been humbled a bit, and I think he's come back down to earth and said, "Holy crap, I, I really have to work at this." And he has been. You know, he has been. Gruden has gotten behind him. Uh, of course, there was that rift, and everybody, you know, everybody knows about Gruden pretty much not wanting him as his cue, and you know, the Redskins and the higher, you know, the upper tier of the office saying, "No, you, we kind of committed to this guy." And Gruden finally getting behind it. But the thing is, is that I don't think Gruden's job is tied to RG3. I agree. I think that he knows that he has to try as hard as he can with RG3 and show that, hey, if he works, that's awesome. I want to win with him. But if he doesn't work, you have to understand it wasn't me. It was him because we're going to just use my offense here. That's what's going to happen with RG3. He's going to run. I'll tell you that right now. They are going to use him as a runner. And I know RG3 knows that he has to run to succeed in this league. Totally. He can't just be a pocket passer. He's got too many skills not to use them. I don't know a single uh, running quarterback who didn't use their run to make themselves the best in their career. Steve Young became a great pocket passer, but he's always been able to run and he used it correctly. Same with Randall Cunningham. Uh, same with Fran Tarkington. They happen to use it correctly over their career to Luck make themselves seems to be awesome. doing that. And Luck is, is obviously Luck has better skills of course, uh, overall than RG3, but he's, but he's using, using it correctly. If RG3 is going to be the best he's going to be, he's going to have to use the run, but use it correctly, not as a first and foremost. And I think he knows that now. Well, I love your point on Gruden's job's not attached to uh, the RG thing. RG3 thing. It's almost the opposite because of Snyder. He almost, his job is tied to having to stick with them with Snyder, who is in the RG3 camp. They traded up to, you know, so much to get him. They're not done with him yet kind of thing. We're almost on the flip side. He's got to play him or he's going to be put himself in that same Shanahan mold where it was just, it, it almost seemed like he was trying to undermine his own offense. Yeah, I'm, I'm on the opposite side here. I, don't, I, I, I can't buy into RG3. Part of it's because I had him on a team last year and it was just it's just horrible to watch. And, and here are the things that I, I worry about. I understand what you're saying about him being humble and no longer a diva, but I also think that he's a guy that's also had the silver, the red carpet rolled out from everywhere ever since he's been a kid. He's never had to actually work a, a hard for anything a day in his life. And now, where he's at now, it requires hard work and dedication. I'm not sure when you listen to him speak after all of his poor performances, that that's the type of person that he really is. So I think that that, that, that then I'm going to add on number two. What, you're talking about when his worst game ever, he compared he throw, himself to Manning and Brady? Or, or, where, he throw, <laughs> that, or where he throws his, where he throws his coaches under the bus? Everybody under where, the bus. Where he's continually doing everything to deflect everything away from himself. This is not a person of strong character in that regard. So that's where I worry about that in that regard. The other thing that, that bothers me is that it's the Washington Redskins. This is a team that perennially just does not understand how to build a winning organization. I agree, and I think it's a great point that Jay Gruden's job is not attached to him, but he's going to have to go with him for a while. But at the same point in time, you know, Jay Gruden is not a guy that's going to be hesitant to pull the plug on him. So it's just one of those things where I look at the, the situation as a whole. I agree. He's got amazing talent. He, he's, he is a, and you look at it as far as when he was at Baylor, too. One of the more accurate passers of all time that year. Nice you know? So you know nice he time. can be a pocket passer. True. The problem is, it's just I just think there's, a, is there's some sort of a problem for wherever the thought process is from the time that you're off the field to the time that he gets on the field and what takes over his mind on the field that at this level is preventing him from ultimate success after he tasted it his first season. Yeah. 
I think the Washington Redskins definitely know how to build an organization now with Scott McLaughlin under, yeah. you know, that guy is one of the best talent evaluators in the true. league. True, very true. He built some of the best, he helped and built himself some of the best teams in the NFL today and of years past. So I, I Niners, think they're, they're, Seahawks, his imprint They're starting all to over. turn the corner. So, Last this years. guy, you know. Did you he, like their draft this year? Yeah. They, they got stronger up the middle. Yeah. You know, they finally tried to put some pieces to keep RG3 upright. So, if he wants to stay in the pocket, he can. So, you know, I don't love Brandon Scherf as a fifth overall pick. I think he definitely makes their offensive line better. I think he, they could have traded down. Uh, a few spots. They could trade down to ten or something. Still gotten sure. Yeah, to the Bears I mean, for Leonard Williams. Actually, Thank no. You. I mean, I, the, the fact that the Giants uh, would have taken him. Yeah, nine. yeah. I think they would have. They would have taken yeah. nine. So they probably could have traded down to seven or eight mm-hmm. if necessary. But I, I don't know if it was there. Last, yeah. last thing on RG three for me is Kirk Cousins. A year ago, everyone's like, "This guy's better. This guy's better." If he falls, Kirk Cousins. We saw what Kirk Cousins can do. Exactly, uh, he, he's he's a backup. He's gonna, he's more of a tie Detmer. He'll be in the league for a long time as a number two. God bless him. Yeah. But like you don't Michigan want State but you don't want him to be. I love the Michigan State quarterback. Yeah, why not? He's and, he's smart. He's a smart quarterback, but he's not a star. I mean, so. McCoy was the best quarterback on their team last year. McCoy, he was bringing bringing him to wins. He had the heart. He was going up. There was no question. The Redskins' best quarterback last year was Colt McCoy. You put him in there for sixteen games. I guarantee I they go five I, and eleven at agree, best with the, the Colt team, McCoy. He galvanized the team. Galvanized around him in some weird True. way. And instead of a uh, you know kind of a butt of a joke. He, he, he was doing it. So let's go on to the next one. Once, once upon a story, I, I called Colt McCoy the next Drew Brees. So I wouldn't mind them going to him to just, <laughs> prove, just to prove my point from seven years ago. But <laughs> hey, fair enough, man. We, we hey, and I got him first. You can't wait. Dibs. <laughs> dibs. Dibs. Draft. Dibs. <laughs> Draft day. Dibs. <laughs> uh, Teddy Bridgewater, a guy last year who ended up being the best quarterback out. Eh. Derek Carr was okay, but uh, I think he was the best rookie quarterback. He, 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 probably, he looked he looked the part the best. I'm not saying his best, worst fantasy. Just looked like the guy coming into the next season that, uh, that that's really ready to, ready to step in. Uh, what do you guys think is going to happen with all that talent and fastest guy in the world on now catching balls from him and whatnot? Well, so uh, let's start, let's start there. Let's look at what he had as offensive weapons last year. To start the season, especially once Adrian Peterson was gone after one game, so no Adrian. Not even one game. Not even yeah. right. Oh, he didn't play. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. No Adrian Peterson. He had uh, Greg Jennings, who just was not able to command any type of respect. He had Kyle Rudolph, uh, who got injured within got injured, three games, so it didn't help him anywhere there. The guy that emerged was Charles Johnson. Now you look okay. Now you got Charles Johnson, who emerged, showed what he can do. Now you bring in Mike Wallace, who. As much of a head case as he is, he is a proven wide receiver, so he's better than what you have. You have Cordero Patterson, who now no longer has to have all the weight heaved on his shoulders and also realizes that after he got all of his jobs taken away from him last year. Has no weight on any shoulders. Right. i got to perform or i got to do something when I, to, to make this team. Teddy Bridgewater just has that command. He's got the poise. He's, got, he's, not, he's not a guy that just gets... Crazy in the head, so he's he's calm. He's got all the those are the things you want as a quarterback. He showed you in about the last four games of the of the season last year what he's potentially capable of, and these are the things. Again, let's talk about defenses. How great is the Packers' defense? 
It's not really that great of a defense. How great is the Bears' defense? We know that was an epically horrible defense last year, even though whatever attention they're putting onto it, they don't have enough attention to put to it. Detroit, as good of a defense as they were, well, you just lost fairly in Donovan Sue off of your off, uh, defensive line. You know, I don't care. You know, you can bring, you, yeah, no, you can bring in whatever you bring in, whatever you want. That, yeah, they're not going to replace. Not going to replace. <laughs> not not going to be the same as those guys. Yeah. So you have him with another year of development. Um, again, in, in an offense, I think that is that is built around him, and you have a head coach in Mike Zimmer who is building the defense for Minnesota. And if he can get that, that gets more time of possession. And if you can get maybe an extra series, that's great for him. Makes him even more tantalizing. Just quickly, 10 straight games with the touchdown pass. Uh, and then over his last six, his scores were 17.6, 14.7, 19.1, 15.6, 17.7, and 12.2. Yeah. So yeah, I got four, make it the last six. <laughs> yeah, so he had a stretch with, you know, three straight uh, two-touchdown games, uh, completed nearly like 70% of his passes over that last six-game stretch. And what, how many touchdowns did he throw on the year? 14 to 12 interceptions. But and most of those came in those last six games. Yes. So this is where you also look at Rookie quarterbacks don't normally throw for a lot of touchdowns. So you project on him. He could double those numbers. He could be a 28-touchdown guy. I think that's a little more. I mean, bullish, he didn't start from day one either. Yeah. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah. Really? He definitely could. And the Adrian Peterson factor. Think about how if Adrian Peterson is there, that it really opens up a lot of goodness for you. So hopefully, holy no pressure at yeah, all. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really. If AP is there, it really does make things a lot easier for Bridgewater. And one thing I did a quote or a tweet I did see is Bridgewater was at AP's birthday party, oh, there was there, but did not ride an elephant. <laughs> he said that verbatim. He's like, I was at the party, but I didn't call, I didn't ride any animals. All right, let's go to um, Joey Flacco. <laughs> Flacco is, uh, came in to uh, up to the drafts over the last couple weeks saying, I like my receivers. We talked about it on the podcast on Sunday. I think we're great. Blah, blah. They got him Max Williams, and they got him uh, Perriman, the speedster. They obviously want, didn't agree with him, and they got him some weapons. Dog, I know you're super bullish or Ravenish on uh, on Flacco. Why is that? Um, it's not even so much the the weapons that that he, he was given this uh, past draft year. It was the acquisition of a Mark Tressman. Plain and simple. If you can make Josh McCown a top ten quarterback in this league, fantasy wise, you're going to make Joe Flacco a top ten quarterback, fantasy wise. And, I, and I, it's the weirdest thing to say. And it's hard to say because it's Baltimore, and it's a running. It's normally a running city, a, a hardcore, a hard-nosed, you know, type city, type of offense. But it's Mark Tressman. I'm sorry, he. It's the first year in a new city for Tressman, so it's going to work. The second year doesn't normally work. The first year normally works pretty darn well. Let me ask you, who do they have at running back? For sets. Uh, and a, a bunch of youngsters. You right. know. And what do we know about Trustman and running the football? Well, they got to be able to catch passes. Because he doesn't like to run the football. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he it, likes his running backs to be. Look, this is the guy to, to give the, the, everyone the history. He made Charlie Garner a 91 catch receiver. Yes. Uh, he made Matt Forte over 100, 100 catch receiver. The most receptions ever. Ever, ever. right. For running back. So, I mean, that's basically what's going on here. It's going to be 100% passing for Flacco. And first of all, he's got the strongest arm in the entire league. Yeah. Okay, he, he throws one of the best deep balls you'll ever see. 
And, and he's big and strong enough and tall enough that he can hold in the pocket for a long time and make a play. So and he's get a you get a pair of men who can get down the field like Oh god, like that, that's gonna be, be able to do Tory Smith. And he could probably catch it at the same percentage in his rookie year as Tory Smith did in his sixth year. Yeah, and Steve Smith, if this is his swan song, you know how badly he wants one championship yeah. under his belt. Uh, this is going to be fun to watch, I'm telling you. Flacco is not, I mean, he's not a deep sleeper. This guy's a sleeper, and he's somebody you really seriously got to watch for. He's going to be a top 10 quarterback this year in a Trustman offense. If you were, I mean, if you were questioning uh, what was going to go on with Cutler, people were putting up when they got Trustman. And they got the weapons around Cutler there. People were saying maybe Cutler's a top 10 quarterback. He was drafted probably Michael around 11, 12, said, 13. Michael Irvin said MVP last year. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but, well, hey, I mean, they weren't so wrong. He put no, out no. star type numbers. So did McCown. Right. Flacco's better than both of them combined. And the other thing about sure. Trustman is that he does better in his first season with the team than he does with normally you'd think the progression second year in the offense. He always has immediate impact. And you know what? Flacco's composed. Com- uh, Poised, yeah. You know the the guy can handle what's going on. Cutler couldn't. He's stoic. Yeah, he's stoic. I mean, he just he knows how to handle an offense one hundred percent. I mean, the guy went from a, an initial year of throwing the ball like three times a game, you know, <laughs> to a guy who threw it almost four thousand yards, who could who won at Super Bowls. I mean, the guy's freaking amazing. And believe me, this is going to be a fun year to watch for the guy. Do you know what I can handle really well? Oh, I know you oh, can. Throat. Some of us might not make it back. What do you mean? Like, not on the same flight? <laughs> the thing is with Flacco, he's never going to be a real sexy pick. He's just going to be one of those consistent guys, sort of, who's going to put up somewhere around 4,000 yards. Never had an actual 4,000 yard season. No, not yet. This is probably his first. Uh, but he'll probably put up 25 to 30 touchdowns and 10 to 12 interceptions. So, you know what you're going to get, and you're also going to get a few explosion games and then a few duds. Uh, you know, you're going to get those six touchdown type games because he does it every year somehow. Uh, so, that's something you've got to like, and you've got to pay attention to the matchups because Flacco can dominate for you uh, a single week basis. He's always been a guy to have the huge games, but he's also had those huge duds, like you said. Tressman will take those duds and raise them up. That's the difference. That's why he becomes an even better sleeper because where you used to be like, okay, great, I'm going to get four 40-point games, but I'm going to get five-point five, five point games. Those five-point games become 14-point games. Well, I will tell you, there's one thing that Flacco is consistent on is those games you can't predict. When, you, yeah. when it looks like it's a bad matchup, he will do bad. I'll tell you that right now. First of all, he does have a bad schedule this year. Uh, for uh, when it comes to the strength of schedule, yeah, and that's something I believe. He's in the toughest yeah. division for defenses, yeah, it, too. You know, so I mean, it's it's going to be tough f- for him. In certain he's, games. A road, he's a road guy, right? Isn't that your your point? He's always better on the road. No, he's always home? better at home. Home. He's so a he's home a home guy. guy where yeah. Flacco, you want to stream a quarterback, take Flacco and just play him in every home. He'll game. throw sixteen interceptions in a year, and fourteen will be on the road, <laughs> guaranteed. I, I, I'm, I'm no joke. Last thing I'll say about him. Imagine if Flacco, if you were able to have playoffs count and have a guy offset on the total games. In the playoffs, when things get going at the end of the season, he's the best. And he throws up huge monster games every year. He's got, there's a stat that I'm not going to even try and do because I'll botch it. But he's already, I think, like the record holder 
for the most playoff wins in the first five games. Like he he's played already something like twenty playoff games. Yeah, well, well he, Dalton makes the playoffs every year and Dalton loses every year. Yeah. Flacco made the playoffs every year, won every year. I think yeah. Flacco has the most road wins ever in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, he, you look and at his I numbers that, through his first so, five years. So, so compared I'll to look that up in a minute. So we flipped the script for him. Like if you're betting on him in the in the postseason, bet on the road. Bet on the road. Yeah. He's just a winner, is what it comes down to. It should be. He's stoic. He's just poised enough to take control and do it. And has a cannon and is fearless. And gives me the reason to have a Valverde. Right on. Make my pee maker tingle. Let's go to let's go to Tannehill, who's I think is a borderline sleeper. I think he's moving up people's charts, but at the end of the day. He's a guy that, in my in my estimation, the way that I kind of figure, uh, uh, the way that I define sleeper, I agree with all the way that you guys talked about it. But for me, it's almost like a sleeper is a guy that I'm willing to draft early. It's a guy that I'm willing to try and get the value on and overdraft. Doesn't have to be a guy that's after round nine. Doesn't have to be a guy that's in the teens. For me, a sleeper is a guy that this guy is is. is he is someone that I'm bullish on, I'm high on, and what I'm willing to do to get him on my team and construct the team that I want is I'm willing to overdraft. I'm willing to bounce up a couple rounds. I'm willing to take a chance on this guy, and when he pans off, I'll look like a friggin' genius, and when he doesn't, I'll take it like a man and take blame for it, but that's kind of my sleeper. It's more of guys that I'm targeting, and I'm saying, this guy needs me on my team, and when I draft, me like, too early, too early, and the, my response is, maybe you're right. But if you're not, my team rocks. And more often than not, it's like whatever people I, I being a runner of, of a commissioner of a fantasy league since 1998, I've seen so many trades that people are like, "Oh my God, that's a horrible trade!" And as a commissioner, no, the trade goes through, and everyone who thought the guy was getting the better end of the deal Usually. always 70 percent oh. to 80 percent got the worst end of the totally, deal. Totally, so it's all namesake. It's all perspective, and you don't know. A sleeper for me last year was a Macklin, you know, a guy who that I just he hadn't done it yet. He, he, he I know he was drafted in the top six rounds, but for me, he was a guy that I was willing to go higher on to get him because I just felt like it was time with and him in that offense with Deshaun Jackson now vacating the spot, him taking over the role. Yeah, now sit Aguilar. Right, that's why what, not. Right, yeah. I'm a fan. Yeah, here's too. the thing with Tannehill. You want to talk about a guy who plays good and bad matchups? Like, this guy sucks against crappy teams. But if he's playing a team with a good matchup, he will light them up. Like, hello to the Jets' poorest pass defense. Uh, lights up certain teams like that. Can always seem to sort of play better against crappy teams. And, you know, when you're streaming, when you're looking for an option, he's a guy you like. You know, he finished real high among quarterbacks last season. Uh, and he has the running three. dimension. He's got the running game now with an added dimension yeah. in the running game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dual threat I running mean, game. His receivers are pretty awesome. I mean, Devontae Parker, uh, Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, and Greg Jennings. Like, Jordan Cameron. Jordan Cameron. Like, with their diverse skill sets and the different things these guys are able to do, it's a completely... It might not look like... A group of all-stars, but it's a group of guys whose skills intertwine what seems like perfectly. 
I think also we learn a lot about Tannehill this season because now what they've done is they've taken out all the people, the Mike Wallace's, and now it's his locker room. They've set no it up doubt. now that it's his locker room. All the people who they brought in are guys that are ascending, guys that have the potential to get there, and they're banking on but they're banking on Tannehill being that guy that can bring them all, tow the rope, pull everybody along, and 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 feed the pill around to all these guys and keep it, and, but be the leader of the offense. And if he's able to do that, then you know he'll be a good sleeper. I agree. I'm excited for him. Uh, he does have all the talent, and it is his team. So we'll see. He's got a um, strength of schedule that is eh, middle of the road. He's at 13. So last year we loved him big time because he was the, had the easiest schedule. We'll see what happens there. Let's quickly go to a couple of deep sleepers at the position. Literally, let's just knock through them. We talked about these guys many times before. Dog, give us a little bit or, uh, about Derek Carr. Let's just try and keep it like under a minute. And then the other deep sleeper we've got at quarterback is uh, EJ Manuel. And if you guys have anyone else, bring them up. But let's just talk about it briefly. These are deep sleepers. Derek Carr, uh, o- Oakland. First of all, they added talent to to their uh, wide receiving core and their tight end. And they yeah. subtracted talent. And they subtracted crap. James Jones. <laughs> yeah, they, they they subtracted. They they trimmed the fat. Um, second, the guy passed the ball more last year than Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning. Uh, Drew Brees, uh, pretty much any any guy that you could think of, he threw the ball more than that guy. Um, it, it's amazing how much they threw the ball. And to be honest, when you got a Latavius Murray back there, who you have no idea what's going on with the injuries and stuff, they may be passing the ball even more this year. Um, you just gotta like his prospects. He, he handles the team very well. Very poised. Very cool kid who who, who runs a huddle very well. Everybody likes him. Uh, the coach especially. So. Uh, good stuff for this guy coming up. I just want to throw in there from a dynasty dynasty perspective. Look at this guy. If you're in a dynasty league and you could stash guys for a while, try to trade for him this year because he's a guy that like two to three years from now you're gonna he'll be a legit starter that you're gonna be happy to have. Amari uh, Cooper. There you go. You got Amari. Yeah, they, I like all, all around. I like what happens to him, and I like his. Right-hand man is David, his brother, who's been through the ropes, has seen it, knows what's going on. And I think he's, I know that he confides in his brother like crazy. These two are attached at the hip. Uh, I'm sure David Carr is living vicariously in some ways through his brother, but in a positive way, giving him uh, the intel he needs to stick around. So Derek Carr, I mean, I'm, I'm way in too. Uh, EJ Manuel's the other guy. Deep sleeper. Again, I think this guy is a super miss unless he hits kind of situation. Cassell is the only guy ahead of him. The weapons are out there. Wazoo. Who knows? But if you're sitting there, this is a guy that probably shouldn't get drafted unless he wins the starting job. If during this offseason and training camp and spring and uh, the you know, preseason games he wins the job, then that's something different. But it seems like uh, people are off his, his, his game and not thinking that he was a wasted pick. But you never know. I'm not a huge fan, but he averaged... You know, almost 15 fantasy points a game uh, when he did play last season, which was an improvement over his rookie season. And then uh, even during his rookie season, his first three games, he had a pretty decent stretch to start it off. Uh, And then, you know, had that injury. But definitely a guy to keep an eye on as the weapons around him are just plentiful. If all he has to do is get the ball out and in these guys' hands and let them make plays. You talk about... uh... Plentiful weapons. I'm going to throw one more name out there just for shits and giggles. If the guy doesn't, if Geno Smith sucks, throw out a Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
he might be able to carry it for a couple games. The guy actually has thrown some really good fantasy games. He's got all the studs in the world. Brandon, I think he's the starter. Brandon Marshall, Eric Decker. Well, it sounds like Devin guys Smith. you're going to be streaming next year. I think it's he's the starter. His yeah, history is exactly. first four weeks of the season. Look out. He always yeah. blows up the first four weeks. Absolutely. Blows up in he a good had a six-touchdown game last season, didn't he? He did. He did. He absolutely did. It was crazy. Yeah, it's magic. Him and, him and, him <laughs> and Roethlisberger. Amen. All right, I am Flacco. Let's uh, move on to running backs. And um, wow, that was a long time for those quarterbacks. So let's uh, <laughs> let's. We got a lot of players to go on this list. Let's uh, let's speed it up, Smellas. All right, Amir Abdullah, running back. Uh, give, I know Stag Party. This is your big boy. Uh, what do you what, tell us? What you why you love this dude? Because uh, you can actually hand him the ball, unlike Theo Riddick. Uh, he can catch it. He's more dynamic in space than Joyke Bell. Uh, Joyke Bell averages 3.9 yards a carry. Joyke Bell sucks. He's kind of fat. Um, I think they like Amir Abdullah a lot. He's one of the, what, the fourth drafted running back. He's got speed. He's got elite lateral quickness. Elite. You look up his numbers pro day against anybody. Uh, his combine numbers against anybody, and they're amazing. Don't you love the fact of how he will pair, though, with Joyke Bell? Because Joyke Bell's going to take all the beating on the inside, do all the dirty work, and Amir Abdul's going to be the one that's going to be the one riding to glory. Of course, and then when Joyke gets hurt, which he does get hurt, he's had a history of at least just minor injuries throughout his career. There's Abdul. And then you could throw Riddick in the in, you know the secondary role. That, that's right. fun. Right. It, sounds, uh, it sounds like this guy... You know, we know uh, Mo Pyromaniac Mo is all fired up for his boy Riddick from Notre Dame to finally step out into the. In, He'll be in fired up for Mister Abdullah too. I have a feeling. I know he was just once bust. he sees him in the. Uh, he, in the he was all camp. in and in mock drafts and everything. So he's like, damn, that was a waste of time. By the way, Mo's super deep sleeper on that team, fourth running back, Val Verde. What do you mean? What do you think? What do you mean, you people? What I'll say is uh, Mo's doing some awesome videos. The Pyromaniac plug here. Uh, Mo's doing some awesome videos. He did one today with the New York Giants scout that's old school. Doesn't even have a computer, but does this crazy, crazy stuff. And uh, Mo's been interviewing great guys in the industry. Check them out. The videos are on our site. They're, uh, I'm posting them up on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. We tweet the stuff out. Twitter.com. P Y R O M A N, the number one A C, and uh, you know we're fired up, Mo. We appreciate those videos, and we know he does a lot of legwork, guys. I'll tell you to even get the interviews. You, I know whenever you reach out to people, how many people give you the cold shoulder and you keep running into a wall? It's like being a salesperson. Like Mo is being very, very, very aggressive and 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 just keeps on. Um, persevering and reaching out to people to get these interviews and in a lot of cases they're guys that we use and know and respect and Mo, man we respect what you're doing there so much and as an audience you guys got to start watching these videos because Mo is an awesome fantasy mind he's a really friendly great hippie kind of guy and uh, he's just awesome he's just really really a cool friendly awesome dude and I think people that he interviews he does it very well he's getting better and better at each one so, amen. Keep it up. Check out those uh, videos, Pyros. Cheers, Mo. Yeah, Mo. All right, let's go on to uh, Darren McFadden. I mean, this one's a no-brainer. If the guy plays 16 games, he could he could have 1,600 yards and you know, 14, 15 touchdowns. I, I agree. And here's the thing that's great about him. No one's running after him. 
There is not one single person who, who, is, who is desperate trying to get Darren McFadden. But again, skill set, situation, offensive line, dominance there. If he gets the opportunity, and again, he will get the opportunities. Why? Where did he go to college? Arkansas. Arkansas. Who is the owner and general manager yeah. of the Dallas Cowboys? Oh. Mr. Arkansas, Jerry Jones. So you know he's going to get his chances there. That's why he went out and signed him. And, and, uh, and again, it's, it's one of those very low-risk, high-reward type draft picks at this point. A guy who at one point had second first-round talent was being drafted, what, three years or four years ago as a first-round, 10th overall type player, sure. yeah. to now being someone that is going to be 13th, 14th round, and you're going to scoop him up and you can score big. Dude, six foot two runs. A, I mean, even at this point, I bet he could still run a 4-4 four, four, or a 4-4-2 four, four, or something like that. Maybe a 4-4-5. Four, four, That's still pretty darn quick. Um, I, I, I can't say I trust it. In the same breath, I could say Chris Johnson, uh, you know, throwing a shout out to the Cowboys to get him a call. He's still out there on the waiver wire. You know, I, I don't know. Whoever ends up starting there. Why not add all those guys to their back? Absolutely. Whoever ends up starting there and succeeding is going to be a, a gem for your football team, for your fantasy football team. Plain and simple. Um, in, in the end, and I'll throw it out there right now. I know we could, I, I, as long as it's the same team, it's a deep sleeper, but Joseph Randall, the kid does have some, some skills. You know, I mean, he's, you throw him, I mean, what did he do last year? Yards per carry was pretty. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty ridiculous. Um, when he gets out there, he could play. This offensive line is a, just a running back's dream, you know. It's like Emmett Wet Smith. Dream. Wet, it's like you know, Emmett it's Smith. better than a wet dream, though. I mean, what's better than a wet dream? Uh, the one where you get paid for having a wet dream. A wake up, a wake up to a real wet dream. Yes. Uh, yeah, I was going to say a real dream. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, boys. <laughs> Getting paid to have a wet dream. Think about it. But it's like this, you this, soon, though. You just moved in with the girl. It, hey, and this is, this is, but this is the line, though, that is so dominant. Think about it from the sense of, like, Emmett Smith. When he had the line that he had, which was ridiculous as well. Yeah. Okay? And that's the kind of line that they're building here. Emmett was not... You could go on, who's the most athletic running back of all time? Emmett Smith will not make the top ten. Wouldn't who's, make the top four. Who, who is the best at breaking tackles amongst running backs of all time? He won't make the top ten. Uh, you could, you could, no, the, not the, top ten. these lists, because he just had holes open for him that you could drive a semi-truck through. Big time. And you just had to run. And that's what this line is going to be able to do, which is, but again... You still have to, guys are still going to get hit because guys are a lot faster and, and, and everything else. Yeah. But why not? If I'm if I'm the Cowboys, I would go after Chris Johnson. I would have the to, to pair with a Darren McFadden and a Joseph Randall and get as many speed guys because that line creating holes, you can have instant touchdowns through the running game. I'll, I'll tell you right now, it, the the guy may get shot in the off season, but he never gets injured in season. Plain and simple. He we does. about Chris Johnson? Chris Johnson. Come on, guys. Let me do that. It's they a just drafted between... Gregory. They got Dez still <laughs> on babysitter patrol. Their team's finally seeming to come together. There is not a shot in hell. Not a shot in hell they're grabbing him. Not a chance. Do you think that if you're in the middle of Vietnam, it would have been a problem just throwing another grenade on the pile? Yeah. And what, <laughs> what, 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 what's what's going to happen here? Is this because of Tropic Thunder that we just did it? Are you a blackface right now? <laughs> but what does what does Jerry Jones care about what anyone else thinks about anything? He, I think he cares about the ecosystem of that team. And there's, there's certain guys that if you're not... 
if 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 DMAC is healthy, and who what do I know? But if DMAC is healthy, what's his name? And not what's his name? CJ2K is not getting the ball. He's sulking. He's bringing poor energy. It happened last year when he wasn't getting. When it wasn't like you're gonna get 16 carries and we're gonna give you some targets out of the backfield. He just he thinks he's CJ2K still. He does. Um, he's not a locker room guy. It's a bad bad situation. If he's if the if the I almost called him the Knicks. If the Jets aren't keeping <laughs> him, it's bad. They yeah. don't have a better situation. They could if he's so good, it's they could the use money. him. Yeah, I do. but I mean, I there's think, nothing wrong with some healthy competition. All right, it's just bringing him into camp. You don't even have to give him something guaranteed. Or he hasn't been signed by anybody, and you know, CJ2K wants to get paid. He wants something. So yeah, because he got bring shot. Me in. Yeah, yeah, I gotta pay my yeah, bills. But, but, but if he wants a shot too, wouldn't this be a perfect opportunity for him to, with Darren McFadden, who's oft injured? If you want to have a better chance than being, going I mean, of course, he said today, give me a holler, right. Dallas, give me a holler, let's do it. He wants to be there. Do I'm not. I want to sell my gold teeth to pay for these fucking hospital bills. <laughs> that's for sure. Here's the thing with Darren McFadden. I don't trust him at all. And it's like, how many 16 game seasons has he played? One last year, and then. You know, the things he's done in the last three years have not impressed me at all. 3.3, 3.3, So with the Raiders, he used to average 5.2 and 5.4 yards I, I, I understand, I understand, but it's what I'm saying is this. Here's the thing. Do you really feel that risky if you're taking him with like the last player that you're taking in the draft? Because that's probably that's where he'll not be. Where, no, that's not oh. where you're getting him at all. Where's his ADP right now? Oh, Running no. back 25. Yeah. Oh, definitely not. Okay. He's well, a starter on Dallas, man. He's not going. He's, he's getting drafted. And the thing is, he's never right? had double-digit rushing touchdowns. I think he's had one double-digit total touchdown season, and he had such a great season that year because he did 500 yards receiving, uh, cut 61 passes or 61 targets. Heltzman's you know, stuck in Oakland. Move on from let's, run. Let's talk about another guy that's, that's that's similar to the last two we were talking about, uh, McFadden and CJ2K, and his name is CJ Spiller. Now he's on the uh, Saints. We've seen him do it in moments. We've seen him do it in small windows. We haven't seen the ability to stay on the field. We haven't seen the ability to get be the every down back, to get a real big share of looks and touches. They're not asking that for him until the guy in front of him gets hurt, which seems to happen. But C.J. Spiller, I think he's a great sleeper because that is a guy. Where Spiller, you can start, you can get about five rounds later than McFadden, and if one, if 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 uh, Ingram goes down, could be a good time. Could he's burned me before twice in two different leagues three years ago? I would say I would stay away from Spiller, but the opportunity has me re-intrigued. Here's why I say I also like it because you got to look at the situation, right? So the situation that he's in there, Mark Ingram is the main load carrying back, so. C.J. Spiller is not going to get the carries in the goal line situation. C.J. Spiller becomes much more intriguing in PPR formats because Mark Ingram does not catch footballs. It just doesn't happen. So with him being a non-factor in the receiving game, now you, uh, you bring in the fact that, okay, they've been trying to find someone to fill that Darren Sproles-type role. Well, here's a guy that can. And here's a guy that if you get in the ball in space, he can be... Devastating with the ball in space. This offense now without Jimmy Graham is looking for guys who are going to be able to do something with the ball in space. They're going to try to find ways to get guys 
it, you know, isolate your playmakers, whether that be on a short crossing route or whether that be on a little bubble screen with, with, with blockers in front of you and set them up so it's like an outside run play. However it is, they're going to utilize his speed and his ability to catch the ball. That's where you're going to see him be most effective in this offense. If Mark Ingram does go down, yeah, then his role does increase and it becomes good. But I just keep hearkening back to when he had that amazing season and he did it on hardly a lot of touches. Yeah. Well, that's your thing, the the Ellington deal. The, you know, he's playing that Sproles role. We we, we kind of liked Kiri coming into the season until they signed him. Uh, so put him in. Like, like that potential in that position, don't project him to be the 1,600, 1,900-yard guy. It's not what he is. All how right. Many, how many games did Pierre Thomas play last year? 11? 11. 11 games. He ended up 8th in the entire league in catches. And I for, remember, for running back. I remember oh. we were talking in the preseason last year. There was uh, I think, uh, a couple of people were saying, "Oh, maybe Ingram has been working on the receiving." I said, "I don't think so." It's yeah. Pierre Thomas, and I was all over Pierre. While well, he wasn't staying healthy all year, that's what he did. It's yeah. amazing. I mean, he wasn't healthy, and he wasn't even very good. Right. Yeah. And, and that's sucked. what I'm saying. I mean, Pierre was terrible. Yeah. We were excited about him a year ago, and he had a bad season. Yeah. And he was eighth, eighth most. Imagine what CJ is going to do. And imagine without if CJ can be healthy, plus. we love yeah. we love him. And yeah. no it's Jimmy not, Graham to take away any of those targets. Absolutely. That guy could just be healthy. Huge fan. Yeah. All right. Um, he'll be there late. He'll oh, be there, yeah, and again, those are those guys that something happens, and there's a crack He's being drafted opening. ahead of Derrick McFadden. And some people... Is C.J. Spillers being open. drafted ahead of McFadden? Yeah, really? 24. Well, uh, I don't like that, but... But especially, though, if you're in a long touchdown league, too. I do. I, you got, I, I, thought, he was, I thought he was going later than that. Oh, no. C.J. Spillers. People are hot on the C.J. Spiller train right now. Then I'm jumping off. Throw, throw Mama, <laughs> a.k.a. D-Rex, off the train. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to LeGarrette Blount. Too many initials right there. So many. And uh, too many. I mean, even thinking about the woman who played Throw Mama from the train. From the Goonies. face. Yeah, Goonies. Uh, what an ugly broad that was. Oh Holy God. crap. She made she made a lot of money out of it. What an ugly woman. Fall. Break. Sloth mad. That wasn't Bruce Jenner. Oh my god. That wasn't Bruce Jenner. It will be. It will be. Uh, I don't even know what to say. Good crap. LeGarrette Blunt. Smoking Blunt. So he's missing one game, right? Uno. Uno game. Uh, What's his ADP? Not. uh, It's like 30. 30. I like that value. But it's true. We've talked about it so much. Belichick, you just don't know what you're going to get. Dogs always says fourth guy on New England or third guy. It's always the guy you don't think. So the but guy you're thinking say. right here, I agree. It's just Blunt is going to hold like him more. until the playoffs, and it's going to be a whole re- revolving door until It's going to be the reach around. It, it may be. You may be right. But here's why I'm willing to take my chances with LeGarrette Blunt. I know how much Belichick and the Patriots like to run the ball in the red zone. Ridley's gone. Ridley's out. That was a guy who was, who was taking all those type of carries before. Who's left there that's going to be that guy? Is, I, I don't believe that he has trust in Jonas Gray to go that route. He's going to go. Well, look, we've got another guy on our list here. I know, but let's talk about James White, couple, too. Let's just call James White's a guy that, here's the thing. He's LeGarrette Blunt. He better not get the big head because that's what happened to him before when he had that that little stretch and then he got cut and he was gone. Uh, Last time he got a big head, didn't he headbutt a guy? 
<laughs> he's crazy. Oh no, Haymaker. Haymaker. That was well. That was well back. But anyway, the thing with him is that I like him as, a, as as that aggressive inside runner that they need. He's a guy I think that also has. He's gone through the roller coaster of life in the NFL, and Bill Belichick has cast him in twice, and now he's. I think Blunt now should be done smoking the blunts, or if he is, you know, understanding, being smarter yeah. about it, learning how to cheat like the best of them, um, you know, and... I don't think it's about the drug test. I think it's about just having a guy that you I pay for all his dinner bills. You're holding the bag and the, and the paraphernalia. <laughs> I think it's... Right? Yeah. We're, going, we're traveling today. We're going to Coachella to rock out. You got the duffel bag with all the drugs in it. My thing with Blunt, the final thing, and let someone else talk, is... I think that he's learned a lot of lessons. He's had the he's had such a roller coaster up and down career that he realizes at this point in time. What, how old is he now? Was he 27, 28 years old? He, there's not a lot of life left for Anybody, running back. Anybody used to be the, the, the kid's still twelve. I, I, I don't trust her at all, and I'll tell you why. The kid has had that many chances, and he still ain't learning. It, it was just the beginning of last year. It wasn't even a year ago that this happened with him. Believe me, he hasn't learned. He's one of those type of guys that just he likes to have fun. I gotta take my a own, lot. I gotta take my own advice. I said the same thing about RG three, and I'm trying to take an opposite side. Here. Yeah, so you're right. I, I gotta I gotta I gotta go back to it. And yeah, say, I mean, Camille Camille changes his spots, but a leopard don't change his spots. He's somebody on New England is gonna t- take something down. Tell somebody does. Somebody always does on New England. New England's one of the best running teams in the last twenty years, and it's the weirdest thing because you always think. They're a passing team because it's Tom Brady and everything. No, I'm sorry, but they had the most rushing touchdowns in the last 15 years. One of the best running teams in a long, long time. And people don't realize that. But it's so many guys that get it done. Exactly. That's the thing. It's not like Drew Brees throwing 5,000 yards every season. It's like Drew Brees is back up and is back up and is back up throwing yeah. 5,000 yards every season. Here's the thing. I think there's clearly defined roles in the Patriots' backfield this season for once. And they're not really murky or muddied. Uh, it, and That's then, so and then he, interesting. And then he's gonna pull the switcheroo on. Yeah, there's the for <laughs> once, for really for once with Belichick. And then yeah, you know, Blunt's gonna be the big back, and it seems like there's a battle between Bolden and James White uh, as the third down back. I think James White is the third down back because they like the thing Bolden can do on special teams, whether it's as a gunner, as the pass protector, uh, things along those lines. I think Blunt is the hammer in the end zone and is clearly ahead of Jonas Gray. Uh, just, just from a trust factor, uh, I guess he shows up to the time at least. He might be high, but at least he's there. Uh, so I think, you know, 750 yards, you know, again, like he did two years ago with the Patriots, and, you know, seven or eight touchdowns, that's what you're going to get. And But he's going to have just like a consistent sort of, you know, 40 to 50 yards a game where he's not going to be a monster for you. And then suddenly he's going to have that 200-yard game with four scores, and he's going to be a real monster for you. But that's what you, I think that's what you'll get from Blunt. But at running back 30, he, he's a decent play. Yeah, the thing is, real quick is that yeah. where he's always had his success has been in spurts. None of those spurts have been for the beginning of the season. It's where he's come in later in the year, fresher legs, and he, the way his aggressive running style is at that point in time when you're fresh you're always able to be more successful. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that it's not so much a spurt. What LeGarrette Blount's going to do is he's going to put up 700 yards and 7 or 8 touchdowns, but he's going to do it in about 7 or 8 to 10 games, and that's it. 
He's not going to be there for the, the, I'm telling you, he's not going to be there this whole season. It's the same thing with, like I was saying with Calvin Johnson last year, getting injured. There's just something about this guy that you know he's not going to be there. So this is he, what Garrett that, Blount was talking about. Here's, yeah. here's the other thing that's even more important. It's the Patriots. Tom Brady's going to get his, and that didn't even happen through five games last year. But he turned it around, obviously. Gronk is Gronk. Guy's a machine of no equal. Everyone else, I had Edelman on two teams. Unless you're in PPR, Edelman had his best season ever. Take the Super Bowl out of it. Not a great own on a week-to-week basis. There's too much high, there's too much low. Now Edelman or Amendola actually looks like he could contribute here if he's healthy. Dobson here or there, a guy we're going to talk about later. There's too many two-week windows of, of, of start that are just so crappy that then you sit him and then he gets a touchdown. A player, X, let's say blunt, gets a touchdown and has 70 yards. Next week, you start him, shite. This is the whole thing, too, though. When you bring up these guys that are potential to be injured and have good starts, if you draft them just because that's the way your draft went and, 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 and it worked out and it was the right pick to make at the time, know it. If the guy goes off in the first couple weeks, look to trade him. Don't don't get enamored and think that that's going to happen. It's still a Garrett Plunt. It's so tough, and believe me, you're 100% right. 100% right, Houdini. I'll tell you this, it is the toughest thing for an owner not to get attached. I know. But it's but we will always say it, and I've always said it, we've, we will always say it, you have to have the shortest memory possible in fantasy football. Period. For year to year, week to week, you have to have a short memory. And that's what I'm saying. Blount will do it for two weeks. You, you trade him immediately, like you're saying. Uh, this ex-receiver will do it for two weeks. Trade him immediately because that's what happens in the Patriots office. Uh, plain and, simple. And, and you're going to get value for it too. What people will offer you, you're just looking at. You can't look at what the points he's done because you're going, oh, well, screw that. No, look to the look to the long goal. Look for the goal. And I always say I want to take that, that that screamer at the beginning and I want to trade him for a couple guys that I know are going to be good that just sucked for the first two. Absolutely. Weeks. I just had an epiphany, dog. You gave me an epiphany. There's a reason why I'm so effing good at fantasy football. I've got a short memory. Yep. I've got a short memory. I was wondering, why am I so great at this? Where so many other things I'm so terrible at. We got it. Short memory. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate no problem, it. Buddy. Oh, hey. God. I've been trying to put my finger yeah. on this. For what, what, were you talk, what are we talking about? Where am I? Wait, where am I? <laughs> Let's go on. Uh, Charles Sims, running back. Obviously, they didn't pick up uh, the muscle hamsters. Uh, Fourth year, fifth year, fifth year, fifth year. Yeah. Uh, God, he's already been in the league four years. That's crazy. Um, well, he's entering in, yeah, in and out. out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're not picking him up. Sims, they seemed high on him at points last year. They did not draft a running back, unless I'm wrong. Um, I don't know if they, what they picked up off the free agent uh, wire or whatnot. But Nothing. Right now, it's looking like Sims is going to get a lot of opportunities in an offense that. Now it's changed. A lot of offensive linemen they drafted to help Jemise. Uh, Who knows? Well, they did. They did James. draft. They, they, they drafted back. a fullback in the yeah, in, in, in the beast. seventh round on a Hawaii. Joey Iosepa, who is six feet tall, weighing two hundred and forty-seven pounds. I like it. Like He's it. a fullback. That's what I said. Yeah. yeah. How do you like that for Charles Sims? Though I like it. That'll help. Uh, Sims, and Lovey like, Smith is one of those guys that runs a traditional I formation. 
I mean, they have Dvorsky Lane already, who's 5'11", 258, uh, same type of thing. So, I mean, I mean, yes, it's nice to have that and get that four-year guy, though. Here's the thing with Charles Sims. It's not only looking like that's the way things are going to be. It's the way that things are being said. It's, hey, Charles Sims is our lead back. We want Charles Sims to be our leader uh, of the committee. They'll, they'll give Doug Martin his a little bit. But Charles Sims, they plan on giving the bulk of the work to. So you got to think that. And nobody's drafting Charles Sims like he's a starter. So, you know, thinking that he's a starter and getting him potentially as, you know, running back 35 where you're able to get him, you got to love that value. And, you know, a guy who could put up another 1,000-yard season with a rookie quarterback uh, because they're going to hand it off a lot, you know, and all this remade offensive line that most of these guys are maulers. Uh, I, I, that tackle from Penn State is definitely not a pass protector if I've ever seen one. Yeah, as <laughs> a mauler. Uh, so you got to think, six foot, two hundred and fifteen pounds, it could do it all. Uh, first, second, and third down. So that's what you got to like about Charles Sims. And the little bit that they're going to give Doug Martin, just mind you is enough for a plane ticket to where they're trading him. Or an, enough for a plane ticket to Australia for a long vacation. That's all they're fucking giving that guy. Is he so it's, bad, It's a Charles Sims. Is he so bad? I, I, I agree that it's a Sims show, but is he so bad? Doesn't he have some injuries? somewhere? I think, I think, I, he has injuries. I'll, t- I'll take another side of it, though. I think that they're going to use him as that option other back, you know? Where he found success as a rookie. If, if they do that, that would be the smart thing. Doesn't make him valuable in fantasy because it's. It, I'm only talking maybe seven, eight touches a game, but maybe you can get value out of his seven, eight touches a game. You know, four of them being passes. If they can get something for him in a trade, I well, think they they'll would do it because they still have Rainey and Mike James. I and there mean, are still yeah. a lot of teams out there looking for help at running. Back. True. Amen, guys. I want to give a quick shout out to our uh, to our best brothers, our biggest pyros on on Facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. We're gonna give a shout out to Philip Kin. That guy's always down uh, posting stuff, giving funny images. Thanks, buddy. Uh, John Christ, you're always there, man. Shout out to you. Obviously, one of our oldest best guys, Alejandro Ortiz. Can't wait to hear, see you uh, post it with you and the ODB shirt on, brother. Can't wait. We've got some gear coming out to you. Alfonso Sino. Uh, this is a, one of the funniest dudes that ever followed Pyromaniac and uh, great guy on Facebook. You're a madman. I love you, buddy. Eric Solario, you know that. First guy to like anything I, I ever post anywhere. God bless you guys. We're going to keep uh, mentioning you guys out Throughout the podcast, moving forward and trying to do a better job to give back to you, as uh, Stags kind of mentioned earlier on the podcast. Duncan Wolf, you're too cute for us. You're too good looking, but Christ, you're a funny guy. So we're gonna keep coming at you uh, and, and giving a shout out to our brothers there that are uh, joining us on Facebook, and hope more will do so because we're having fun there all the time. And uh, one thing I gotta do right now is talk about another guy that does the most shares. And is our right hand man and a writer for us on Pyro. Val Verde. That's the signal. Go, go, go. Yes. I felt like I got a pound of beer now. Go, go, go. Go, go, go. Who's the next guy on our list there? The next guy is going to be Charles Johnson. Oh, let's oh, go. Deep go. sleepers. Let's deep go to sleepers. Deep sleepers is the running back. 
Let's bring. Let, let's go. Bishop Sankey. I'm gonna just say right now, the freaking guy. You can say what you want about him. He's a starting running back on a team that now has got a different element, a different element that he's not gonna be able to use. If this guy's the on the depth chart at running back number one. He is, what's his ADP? I mean, this guy is sliding like way the heck down there. He is so far down there. I know in our mock, I was able to get him super late. Why not? And look at all running, running back 38. Why not running store back that guy? With, if all of a sudden things come together. And look, why not? The, Titans, the Titans added Doriel Green Beckham as well to their wide receiver yeah. core. They've, they've added to the offense Marcus Mariota. All these, this is. Why not? Why is Hunt's an offensive guy? He's done it in the past. He. Why not? I don't love them, but I like guys that are playing and have the opportunity. And if you can seize the opportunity, and how many guys are you going to be able who are going to get that many touches in rounds 14, 15, and 16? None. Here's the thing with Bishop Sankey. I hate him. No, (laughs) not 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 really. But in college, he ran out of the shotgun. He ran out of a spread offense. So if they go with more of a spread option look with uh, Marcus Mariota at quarterback, uh, it could definitely help his you know rushing kind of numbers. Uh, I think he's used to running out of the shotgun. I think that might you know give him a little bit of a boost, but I still don't like him. I think he could be surpassed uh, by their de- draft pick this season uh, of David Cobb wow. from Minnesota, even though that guy is slower than Sean Green. So. Just to temper your expectations, but at running back 38, you can honestly do worse. I like Cobb better. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cobb isn't the fastest guy in the world, but Sankey ain't either. Uh, I mean, you watch him four run. Four, five, two to four, seven, one. I'm sorry, but you watch Sankey run in pads, and he doesn't. He looks like molasses out there. I'm sorry, he, just, he looks terrible. I, he listen. He's going to get his opportunity. You're right about the shotgun thing. But they didn't draft David Cobb for no reason. All right, they want to have somebody to actually take over. That Sean Green's worthless. No, no offense. No offense. How many years ago did he come out? Okay. No, but uh, you know what? You know when Sean Green wasn't useless as a as a strong, hard nosed, hungry little kid. It's his first or second year. That's David Cobb at this point. David Cobb will get his opportunity here. I'll tell you because Sankey didn't show shit in his freshman year. And he's coming in his second year. If he doesn't so show anything in the first six games, believe me, Cobb's going to come out and say, "Believe, watch me. This is how you do this." He's going to. He's an angry runner. The kid can get through. See, but the only thing I'll say about Sankey is that Sankey, I think, got a lot too much hype, hyped up too much going into the into the season. True. Uh, you look at him from what he did in college, though. He was a extremely productive runner. Agreed. And, and, and he and he didn't get a lot of fanfare. So it was a guy that worked hard. So I think that. He's dedicating himself. I'm interested to see because a lot of times with running backs, the ones that don't have success as rookies that, that become better as they go along are because it really putting themselves to understanding and learning the system. He seemed lost out there. And I can't blame him. Look at the quarterback situations that he was dealing with too. He got Zach Bettenberger as his, as a starting quarterback for the end of the season. And now, he's, have, got, and now he's gonna have another rookie as well. So but if he has a better understanding of what he's doing, it gives him a better shot. And again, I don't Mind risking on a guy who's going to get 10 to 12 touches that late in the draft. That late, for sure. Right, right. No, agreed, nothing agreed. worth it. Now, I was the biggest sinking guy last year. We know. All right, we got to move on. James White, we talked about. One this thing. Is deep sleepers. Okay. One thing. The thing, the guys who succeed going from their first year to their second year are typically guys who change their bodies, uh, who try to work on something different, who either get stronger or they take weight off or they put weight on. 
So I want to. I'm interested to see what Sankey's gonna do. I heard he has been doing some different stuff. I don't know exactly what it is, but I, I know he has been doing a lot of different stuff. So I, I'm interested too. I think uh, Stag Party. How much he hates him? It's been jazzercise. He's yeah. added that to his repertoire. He's doing jazzercise and totally. you, you, you do have like the ultimate like I hate yeah. this guy. Like and you just and you won't even listen to an argument. I just write him off. I hate this well, guy. We got I brought up a pro and said they're gonna be running out of the shotgun with Mary Odafor. What do you offer me? Sure, no, you got a point there. That's a and that's a valid point as well. I hope Richard Simmons no, but does I love, his work I love out. it from the fantasy perspective because you have like the ultimate love for guys. And the ultimate hate for well, him. Well, we all do, but he's 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 very he's very point blank. About Next, yeah, um, I'll tell okay. you, I hate James him. White. <laughs> I'll tell you, I hate him too. James White, about we already him. talked about him. Joseph Randall, we already talked about him. Both those guys are deep sleepers. Uh, Buck Allen, running back, uh, USC, Jock Snipper. What do you like? Uh, I like that he can catch the ball in a Mark Trestman offense. Uh, Lorenzo Talafiero can't catch the ball. Uh, what Toussaint Fitzgerald Toussaint can't really catch the ball. Forsett, even though he can catch the ball, he's usually not very effective when he does catch the ball. I think his uh, numbers rushing last season were almost better than his yards per carry or his yards per catch receiving last season, which is atrocious. So, things I like, he can catch the ball. Last year, I think he had 41 catches for 458 yards in a pro-style offense. Uh, He can run the one-cut type of scheme that they want to run because they're going to keep that Kubiak zone blocking scheme, so I like that. Uh, I just think at this point, you want a running back who could do all three things behind a journeyman running back like Justin Forsett, and he's a guy you can get deep, deep into your draft. I like him. He can also, uh, he's really good at pass protection. And by the way, his first name is is Javorius. Buck is the nickname. Great. Much better. (laughs) Buck (laughs) Allen's great. Uh, Javorius is is worn out in my mind at this point, but he, he he's a big kid. You, you know, know too many Javoriuses. There's so many Javoriuses <laughs> right now. I can't I can't stand it. All it's those the cool. Luke, it's the Luke and Cooper. Of my brother name. mistakenly called me Javorius the other day. That's how many Javoriuses there are in the world right Can now. Can we change your name from Dogmatica to Jamarius? No, Javorius. J- no, Javorius. Javorius. Jamarius? Jeremias? Trying to go in I have no first name. Just so everybody knows this. It's Jamarius or Dog? Alright, but he's a big. We don't have the law to catch up with you, sorry. Seriously. Me and Chris Johnson are on the run. It's six foot one, 221, great hands, and he pass protects. That's the big thing. Okay, in this type of offense, you got to catch the ball, which you can, and you got to be able to pass protect a little bit, which you can. And that's going to be perfect for a kid like this. All right, let's move over to sleepers. Wide receiver, Charles Johnson. We know we love him. We talked about him a little earlier when we were going through Bridgewater. But before that, because when we go through these things, it's kind of like Jack Black and Tropic Thunder. When you're a heroin, heroin addict and you haven't had your heroin for a while, you'll do anything to get your addiction fixed. No shit. If you want Tommy, I will literally suck your dick right now. I told you for the last time, I love the pussy. I'll cradle the balls, stroke the shaft, work the pipe, and swallow the gravy. Get it over here, buddy. Let's do this. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. It's gonna this be a while before I have for the night. He was that. dying for me to let it, let the wide receivers get intro down. He wanted to cradle the balls. That's right. We're just all Amen. Right. All right. Well, Charles Johnson does look like he might have cradled the ball or two once in his life. 
but that's just because he's he's a reverend. He's an he's an edgy guy. You can tell. Uh, happy for him. We're talking about a football. Or yeah. Yeah. Football. yeah. Have you guys been talking about the podcast? Has it? He looks like he looks like Rodman. He's got a he's got a pierced nose. He's got dyed hair. He's got a mohawk. He's a madman. Um, but. He's got a lot of opportunity to become a great wide receiver. Oh, wait, speaking of which, did LeBron James have dyed hair uh, for the game today? Did oh. you see that? I, I didn't see Oh, you were only on the radio. On the radio. <laughs> I heard, because they were saying, remember when Boozer had that horrible hair dye or whatever? Uh, for the Bulls? I don't even remember was, when Boozer had no, hair. He put, he, he, no, he, t- he didn't. He, he, he hasn't worn his spray black hair since March 10th. Check this out with LeBron, by the way. He said he, he, he took off his headband and didn't wear it since March 10th this year. Because he wanted team unity. So now he goes back to it because they lost the game. Does anybody understand that? We want team unity, so I'm taking it off. So now I'm going to put it back on so I can separate myself from everybody and else. And then they won. So oh, they dominated, of course. <laughs> Did but, they beat us? I'm sorry. How do you, how, how, how do you feel as a teammate of his? 106.91. But Jordan did it. He wanted to be 45 to honor his, his, his dad no. and all that stuff. Had a bad game. He's like, uh, 23 is back. I still have a Just Jordan 45 jersey, by the way. I, own, I still have my Jordan 45 jersey that I... That I, I the thing is that there were two other guys who wore headbands on the team when he took it off to promote No, I, I hear you. Brandon <laughs> Haywood, who never played, and another guy was injured. Anyway, Charles Johnson, big. He's a big receiver. You know, he's actually about 6'3". Two uh, fifteen, I think, runs like a four three forty, four three four or something he like that. Fast. He's fast. The, the, the kid can freaking play. And he's super fast in pads. He's not one of these yeah. guys that loses his speed when he puts on the football gear. And he ran crossing routes across the middle of the field. I love that as a wide receiver, dude. dude Fearless. Is, uh, I mean, you're going to be playing an offense where there's already one of the fastest guys. Supposedly, I, I guess in the world ever yeah. recorded in the history of the galaxy. He'll race you for it. He'll tell you about it too. He will. His name's uh, Harold, Harold Wallace. Wallace. What's Wallace. Harold Wallace? <laughs> William Wallace. What is it? Wallace and Gromit. Yeah, that's Jamaris what I was. Wallace. <laughs> um, Javorius. Javorius. I Javorius. Know more, I know more Jamarius. Okay. <laughs> uh, Ch- Charles Johnson is going to have every opportunity. Charles Johnson is going to have every opportunity to be a stud in this offense. He's going to be the one. Don't you think that if they're going to use Mike Wallace effectively, instead of making Mike Wallace, who was running all these little other patterns and stuff for um, Miami. Miami, that they're going to make him be what he was in Pittsburgh? Let him go down the field because you have Charles Johnson, who is fearless about roaming across the middle, will not alligator arm things like Mike Wallace will, will is willing to do all those things that he'll be able to then have that, that middle of that field exploited, the, the deep middle of the field exploited because of, of Wallace taking the top off the defense. Nope. Who's the offensive coordinator in uh, Minnesota again? That'll be a Norv Turner. And what does is, what is Norv Turner like to do? He likes to go deep. Uh, with any wide receiver. Yeah. Right? So, these guys are both going deep. You know, Charles Johnson's going to get his deep. Uh, he's going to get his across the middle. He's going to get, get his on short. Patterns. Well, he's he's, he's going to get everything. What I'm saying is, you send Wallace on a fly on the right side. You line up Charles Johnson alongside him, and you have him run a post. 
Now you've cleared the middle, and now you have a safety has to decide, am I going to go follow this guy or am I going to go follow that guy? And if, and if Wallace has the burn on the straight burn, he's going to have to respect that, and then that opens up the middle, the deep middle of the field for Johnson to exploit. A lot of good patterns. They're both Yeah, another deep. Another route's going to be the other guy going deep. Right, right. You know what? And I know what you're going to say, because I'm going to say it too, and we're going to put it here right now. And you guys not are coming out of the closet? No, the two, the two sleepers, like real <laughs> sleepers on this team, I know yours is a Jerry's right. You're, yeah. That's the deep sleeper. That's that that's your deep sleeper on this team. Mine's Cordero. Mine's Patterson. That guy is t- turning over a whole new leaf this offseason, and that guy is going to replace Mike Wallace. Wallace is going to cry for not getting too many balls uh, or enough balls in his mouth for the first four weeks, and then it's going to be a Cordero Patterson for the rest of the year, and he's going to dominate. It's going to be Patterson and Charles Johnson and Jerry's right. For the next 10 years for that team, they're going to be awesome because of it. You want to know what this means for me? Because I think Johnson's going to be moving up. ADP's going to, he's not going to become a value just because people like us say it and then more people like to say it. And then he's going to have a big game in the, uh, in the, uh, whatever, uh, preseason. I like Bridgewater. <laughs> yeah, probably. I like the guy that's throwing it to all. Whenever Pretty there's much. situations where there's so many guys, we haven't even talked about some of the other talent there. I like the guy that's delivering the pill to them Period. because it seems too questionable on which guy's actually going to have the big day that's catching the balls and getting the volume. Yeah, Charles uh, Johnson's currently a wide receiver 35. So you're getting him as a wide receiver 4 almost. Yeah, and, and Wallace at, is probably, what, 20? 20, 22? No, nah, right around 32. Really? Yeah. So there you go. Three lower? Wow. Yeah. That's, Gotta uh, like him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I'll take whichever one I can get lower. That's kind of how I... In some, some I am not touching, not touching Mike Wallace. Yeah, neither. That, that, Absolutely, you guys have that will opinion. Not. Well, no, I he, had Mike Wallace last year. I had him two years ago. He's not good. I'm stuck with him in a dynasty league. Anyway. He's he's had had ten ten the thing about the not thing about good. Wallace is this: is that he'll be for him, where sure. for where we believe. I think where the three, the three of us are on with him, he will be drafted before he goes up on my tiers. So yes. I'm not even worried about it because yeah. where I'm having him, he's not like 25, 26, 27. That's the point. Is that he's going to be gone well before? That. Agreed. Not on my tears. Is he the guy that uh, never has had a one thousand yard uh, season? He said no. He said a thousand yard season. No, Wallace has had a thousand yard season. You're thinking like Mac. Mac was year. before oh, last okay, year, okay. right? Yeah. Wallace has had a thousand. All right, yeah. let's oh, move yeah. on to the next. Devonte Adams. I like this guy. Yeah, he's got the skills, he's got the quarterback, he's got the offense. I know we always talk about that fourth uh, receiver in, in Green Bay, but, but he's, he's, he's a legit three, though. This is not a Jarrett Boykin situation no, coming into this all. year. So this is a legit number three with solid guys next to him, and Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, and an offense that still likes to pass the ball a lot, even though you got uh, a, a um, uh, sorry Lacey back there in the backfield. And, and Lacey's going to get his, his share. The thing is, everyone gets their share in this offense because Rodgers knows how to get it done. And when you have elite, elite quarterbacks who run elite offenses, which the Packers are, an elite offense, there are always going to be defenses who are going to game plan for everyone else, never going to game plan for Devontae Adams. And here's, here's something that backs up your point right there. They have their strength of schedule is 29th. They've got a very, very hard strength of schedule. That means they're going up against good defenses. That means they're going probably up against, in a lot of games, going up against some good corners. 
those corners are not locking down on Devontae Adams. Right. Devontae Adams, they're going for Cobb. They're go, they're going to be sitting on Nelson. What does that mean? A second year guy who's very talented, very athletic, is going to be the t- it's it's his day. All right, we're not going to mess with this cornerback. We're not going to mess with that. You guys are just going to be decoys today. You know you're going to get yours. This is going to be the Devontae day. And, and why that's happened. He scores touchdowns, and he can have nice games. And why you can believe it is because of Rodgers. Because he's a quarterback who knows how to say, you're taking this away from me, I'll exploit you this way. Yeah. Two things. I was looking at the rush schedule for the Packers just a little bit earlier, and Lacey is going to have a brutal time oh, yeah. this year. A- 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 NFC Absolutely West. Absolutely brutal West. time this year. They're going to be passing the ball much, I'll tell you that right now. Second of all, um, Jordy Nelson is coming off of a hip surgery. Yeah, I, I love the kid. I think he's one of the best receivers yeah. in the entire league. But he's coming off of some surgery. Randall Cobb is coming off of injuries. You know, if There's going to be an injury in this wide receiving core. Adams is going to move up. Jeff Janis, another deep sleeper of ours, Dumbine specifically, is going to move up. you got to have the fourth receiver Hold and again. specifically Devontae Adams. We're going to start searching your bag when you walk into the house. <laughs> yeah. See, what do you got in here? Oh my God, he's got this beer? Jeff Janis is Jack? He's got salami sandwiches from Bari? What are you doing? <laughs> Here's the thing about Devontae Adams. I was reading on Twitter today uh, his route breakout against different coverages, uh, against man zone, double coverage, and press. The guy only won, he got open 50% of the time. Okay. So, that's not a very good number. You Rookie should, year. Yeah. Rookie year, but still going to be the guy who's going against the nickelback cover in every defense. I don't think so, because they play Cobb in the slot. So that means you're putting, you usually keep your left and right corners uh, in the middle, True. and then okay. you put the nickel corner on your slot receiver. So Cobb has the advantage in matchups. But your Newton, your nickel corner is usually actually better than your second corner. It's very Some rare teams. for your second corner to be better than your nickel corner. Some teams. And why do you think teams draft those nickel corners. They don't draft for a second corner. They draft the nickel corners for a reason. They need to have that guy to cover that inside exactly. receiver. It's a different skill set from being the second right. corner Correct. to the nickel corner. The nickel corner is usually a smaller 5'8 to 5'10 speedier guy because that's who they typically put in the slot. So or you a retread. Ma- you want to have a matchup. Yeah. No, it's true. Or it's a, or it's a retread, we, an older we, guy. We could argue this all day. Let's just say this. Devontae Adams... With the Packers, with a healthy Aaron Rodgers, which is usually there, it's going to be good times in this offense. Happy times. Tell us where you're getting the ADP from and where is he sitting. Uh, Devontae, we're getting ADP from Fantasy Pros, and Devontae Adams is currently... Another one is Fantasy Football Calculator, but uh, why didn't we use that one tonight? Uh, Because... They have their ADP going back before the draft. We yeah, want yeah, to have yeah. the, we want to have rookies involved. Cool. We wanted to have a true fantasy you know, pros. He's going forty four among wide receivers. That's great. I like that better than both those Vikings that we were just talking about for sure. All right, next guy, Cody Latimer. Let me let me start it off and let me go into where I look at how I look at sleepers and deep sleepers. Yeah, yeah, great. Okay, so for me, it's 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 kind of a little bit of a combination of of what everyone said, but I'm always looking at. Potentially where I'm going to draft him in the draft. So a guy that is a 
uh, a sleeper for me. It's it's still kind of like D-Rex says, because it's and it's also like Dog said. There's going to be like the top five, like let's say a quarterback position. There's the top four or five guys depending on the year that people are just coveting, and they have to have one of those guys. Well, those are not sleepers at all. Those are just okay. Those are guys are gone. Now there's the next fodder of guys that are going, and in con- in uh, congruition with what um, D-Rex said. It's the similarity of saying, here's a guy that I really like of that group. I am willing to reach up and to grab this guy because I want him more than I want all the other guys around there. And, you know, what's interesting, too, I think it's also important for for everyone to understand is we have all these sleepers that are on here. There's a lot of them, right? Not everyone is everyone's sleeper. Some of them are my sleeper. Some of them are your sleeper. Some of them are dog sleeper. Some are D-Rex's sleeper. So... Understand, but we all have our own opinions on these things, and then we all look at it differently. And and the same thing for me when I'm looking at a deep sleeper. Man, I'm looking at the guy that I'm taking with the last two or three picks of my draft. Is this a guy that is, as Dog said, is being completely overlooked by everybody else? But I know, and again, I know based on the rules of my league, where I'm drafting from, what the needs are, how many, you know, how many uh, uh, waiver wire pickups and things that I have, and if it's, I have one league where it's, it's very minimal, and if I'm in a very minimal situation of pickups, I don't want to take a super super risk with that last pick. I want a guy who's a deep sleeper, but with right situation, right parameters around him that give him a chance to be successful. Yeah. So, 100%. so that's kind of, now here's how I'll bring it into Cody Latimer. God, I like the situation. Oh my. Because Wes Walker done. Uh, Julius Thomas gone. You basically only have uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas who are solidified there as the wide receivers. Uh, I don't care you on to Caldwell's and everyone else you want to throw out. It doesn't matter. No. He's the guy that they drafted in the second round last year. This is a guy who had the potential to be could have been on the field for 28 other teams last year. He ended up on Denver. He didn't get a chance to play. He has learned the offense. He's working with Peyton Manning. We saw what the difference was for Emmanuel Sanders when he went from Pittsburgh to to, uh, to working with Peyton. And what he said in the offseason about Big Ben and the, and the whole thing about the preparation, we remember that whole talk in the, in the, oh in the, in the, in the, in the offseason last year. And look at the difference of what happened with Emmanuel Sanders' stats. So I look at it this way. Now, Peyton Manning has also never been a guy that has highlighted a slot-type receiver. But he's really not a slot-type receiver. No, no. He's really an outside receiver. So what it's going to do, it's going to be interesting because he's going to kind of have to to force his way onto the field no matter what. Yes. And what he's going to do is, and I think that as I was the guy in our uh, uh, tiers, had Emmanuel Sanders higher than anybody else. I really think that now he'll start eating into him a little bit. So I'm scaling back my Emmanuel Sanders from my top 10 to maybe around 12 or 13 yep. is where I'm looking at it because I think that Latimer is going to be that much of a sleeper. Not only does he have the opportunity as that third receiver, but I'm just going to throw this out there. If Demarius ends up holding out a little bit, mm. that always puts a damper on somebody. It always hurts you. It never helps Ever. Right. It helps your it may help your pocketbook, but that's even that's even rarer than it helping you on the field. Right. It never helps you on the field. I'll tell you that right now. I don't think he's gonna hold out though, do you? He I don't hold, either, but no, no, he, 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 he would no no here's the thing. But he's already 
causing a bit of a... Here's what I wouldn't be surprised about, and here's how it helps Latimer even more. He might hold out for the first week or two more of training camp. He gets team. more reps with the first yeah. team. He gets all the... That's what you need. And with Demarius there, he's not going to get it. And everybody knows Emmanuel's never been able to stay healthy all that much. And if Demarius is going to be stuck even with the franchise season. tag... Yeah. Does Demarius really need to be there for all the bullshit in training camp? Or does Demarius just need to be there for all the preseason games? Yeah. Because remember, there's the three weeks or whatever before they even have the first preseason game. So That's true. That's true. Maybe I, he's we we, the we love a Latimer. I loved him last year. I, I drafted him on, on all my fantasy teams, which was one. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm a big fan of a Cody Latimer this year. His current ADP is 52. So you're getting him significantly later than you're getting Devontae Adams. But... A couple guys that are going just after Devontae Adams that I absolutely love. Throw them out. Kevin White, Nelson Aguilar. So, wow. Kevin White's going that low. You've now mentioned Nelson that. Aguilar for the third time. It's early. It's good. Yeah, give yeah, it two Kevin weeks. Wh- Kevin, Kevin White will be, will be, will be a top 30 I, I pick. Yeah, but, he will be. Just thinking about that. Right now, if I'm going to have either of those guys over Devontae Adams, yes, please sign me up. Right now, if I could have... Uh, uh, Kevin White's girlfriend overall the the entire draft. If you could tell me I could have one night with his girlfriend, I wouldn't even do fantasy football this year. I'd be like, all right, I'm out. I'm not doing the podcast. I'm, I'm calling Kevin guys. White up right yeah. now. Yeah. Goodbye, <laughs> wet dreams, boys. I'm gonna set you up. Thing, I'm gonna set you up. I'll still edit the show. I'll put it up, and it's it's your show. Someone's gonna have to do the intro. Good luck with Welcome that. back. Holy... I'm out of here, guys. As long as we're in the pipe dreams, let's mention the next guy. Yeah. Justin Blackman. That is a sleeper, boys. What What team? Exactly. There's I want that guy... Matt Jacksonville. Uh, all right. Jacksonville will probably not bring him back. Even if he does apply for reinstatement, which he's eligible to do and just hasn't done yet, I have no idea why, because... From what I hear, he actually did very well with his rehab, and he should be out and willing to play right now. But he hasn't, I don't know, applied for reinstatement yet, and there's no reason why, from what I've heard. How long does it take after you apply to get reinstated? It's just a matter of the commissioner. Yeah, no, no. All you have to do is apply for reinstatement. They look at it. It should happen within a week, from what I know. I mean, it's not like they're going to wait three months and say, yeah, okay, you're good to go. No, I mean, it's just looking at a guy and saying, okay. That's something they could do. <laughs> they believe me, they've been well, looking at this. Blackman let me ask you this. Do you think maybe it's a thing with him talking to his agent going, look, everybody right now, if you were to, if you were to come out right now and be, the, uh, uh, and, be, and be the guy who's going to, um, you know, uh, <laughs> with all the people who... <laughs> No, that's cool. That's cool. So Dog just rubbed his face on Houdini's bottle opener. It's not because Houdini. I was rubbing my beard on the bottle opener. I got to scratch my beard. You know, the bottle opener works well. It's getting real awkward. Yeah, you distracted my train of thought. So you know what I'm saying is, his agent saying, his agent saying to him, "Hey, look, all the all the draft is happening right now. All these guys are getting signed by all these other people." Maybe it's wise for you not just to go for reinstatement right now. Maybe it's wise for you to wait things out. Let's wait and see what happens. It's going to be an injury in training camp, whatever. Let's re- let's let's apply for reinstatement in June or July. So be- right before training camp start, then there's going to be an opening, and maybe you're going to find the best fit for you and and whatever. But the, the, the problem that I have is, if you waited this long, now where's the money going to be? 
because there's not many teams that are going to have a lot of cap space left to give you any type of a good deal. He's going to kind of have to sign like a one-year deal for oh, the minimum. Well, he'll be playing yeah. for any incentive. It, incentive with an incentive, with an incentive yeah, no, no, right. Nobody's going to give him money. Right. He's out of the league if he gets one more one more issue. If he's if his agent is telling that him that he needs to be fired. Fire that man right now. Yeah. First of all, you're under contract, so you have to be traded unless you're released. So, if your agent is telling, oh, let's wait till training camp. This is a great idea. Let's not learn an offense. So you can not be on the field all next season, be a bum, and then have to sign another veteran minimum deal because you were on the bench all last season. So if your agent's telling you that, fire that bro right now. Well, okay. Maybe it's not his agent. Maybe it's somebody in his camp or whatever. Because I bet you his agent's probably saying, sign the goddamn, do something. I think what happened was he was about to reinstate and he got high. And he's like, we need a gold bond. A gold bond. What's that something? Days. Said, uh, you can use a golden seal. Here, golden seal. Gold bond. <laughs> need to rub your balls with a bunch of powder. <laughs> Dude, he was in the car with Le'Veon and LeGarrette, and he got out real quick and is still running he's right still running. now. But he can't reinstate. Bell Verde. Cool last time just to get up that here. No, we up in the big league. That's the theme song for the Jefferson. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You out of your mind. What? You really need help. Yeah, just because the theme song don't make it not true. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, speaking of Jacksonville, um, who's the real sleeper on this team? I, I would mean, say. I, I, if, Black, if Blackman comes back, I, it's him. And, you know, you never, you can't. Oh, you if can't Blackman comes it. back, he's, he's the they sleeper wherever he is. So, I if agree. you're in news... Why all of a sudden people want to hear themselves? You said it perfectly in the last show, dog. People just at this point, there's so many experts and people and talking heads and so many outlets for all this stuff. People just want to have someone come to them and drive their traffic. Crazy. Exactly. And so who knows what? If anyone knows what the hell they're talking about, the owner of that team might be in touch with them and just say, "Just chill out. You're going to be good. Do your thing. Keep your nose down. Re- reinstate, and we're happy to have you back." If that doesn't happen, and even if it does, Allen Robinson, we love the body. We love the talent. Again, another guy that gets banged up. So if he can stay healthy on Jacksonville, Allen Robinson. Well, and he's like kind of like from the same draft class, your poor man's Calvin Benjamin. That's kind of what he is. He's that guy who's, who's not a speed burner. Or no, he's like more that. of a Larry Fitzgerald. He's a Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I agree. He's, he's, he's not 6'5". He's, six he's, five. he's six not 6'5", six, 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 six. He's 6'3". Six, to, with a 215 body, and he's got some leg to him, and he's not a burner, but that guy can catch the ball, and, and he makes plays. And he works all the hard parts of the field that Absolutely. people are unwilling to do. And Fearless. he went to Penn That's State, why right? Gets so I mean, up. Yeah. he's used to, but he, but he's used to taking shots. Now, hopefully, what you also Me have too. to realize too is that he had a rookie quarterback throwing <laughs> in the ball. He had a rookie quarterback throwing in the ball who was putting him into bad situations. Now you're going to have to hopefully have the growth of that. You add in a Julius Thomas, things that take more attention away, give him an opportunity to not have to be exposed as much as he was in his rookie year. Let's remember one thing, and I'll, I'll make this quick. He was awesome, looked awesome, looks like a gamer. He, he, he's going to be a pro football player for a while. The guy who come out, came out this year, Jalen Strong, that's the guy. I think they've got that same kind of body. He's going to be very similar for the Texans. And he's but got a lot to prove, Jalen. Yeah, he's got a lot. He's got, yeah, he's got, he's got, got a lot to prove. But that, that's the thing about Allen Rob. He has the rapport already with Bortles. Bortles, Bortles already loves him. And he's going to be his number one next year. The other guys are kind of playing for it. 
I mean, Marquise Lee, I mean, yeah, he's got some game to him as well. We just haven't but he, seen it. we haven't seen it quite yet. He was kind of playing into it. Nobody really knows. Alan Hearns was a Can shot in the dark. a good comparison for him? But also a Penn State receiver. But I think he'll end up being at least as good, if not better than him. Bobby Ingram. Yeah. Guy who you could it's trust. A different type of receiver. Right, but, but, but third yeah, down, if you wanted to throw the ball to someone who you knew wasn't going to drop it, you threw it to Bobby Ingram. Yeah, right? I mean, Ingram was 5'10". Right. No, I got to say, you can throw it to Bobby Ingram. It doesn't mean he's getting the first down. No, but he caught the ball. But he was dependable. That's for freaking sure. Every team Absolutely. that he was on, even after he left the Bears. Uh, but I, mean, but they, I mean, they have talent there, though. I mean, they still have Ace Sanders on the freaking, uh, you know, lineup, yeah. too. They, have, they got rid of the They got, they got, got Julius, shorts, right. But they got Julius Thomas. That's a big one. Is, I mean, it's no, it's no longer Mercedes Lewis, which was a great blocker, who's still going to be an inline blocker, but they have Julius Thomas going out as a receiver type as well now. So that takes away from a third receiver, which might have been an Allen Hearns. It's going to be Allen Robinson and probably a Marquise Lee going out there. Hearns may get a shot here and there, but if, I don't know, if... Blackman comes back. That guy's the de facto number one. That guy's Except such it, a playmaker. It's unreal. Yeah, but and if, wherever he is, does go, if he goes somewhere else, if it's a great situation, let's say his nose is clean, New Orleans, and, and he goes to New Orleans, he goes to the Patriots, goes to something like that. Yeah. it's it's ridiculous. Yeah, so I, to be honest, some place that'll make sure he keeps his nose clean. I know the dog and I have done this. I'd say the last three years, he's been in terrible situations, been in trouble with the league. I have taken a last round flyer every time. on Blackman yeah. every time, you except for when Dog takes him around before I'm going to do it. The, the upside's too big. You might be dropping him by week three, but if he, he lands won't in be that in Jacksonville, spot, though, but you're a friggin' genius. Jacksonville, you go saying, Jacksonville will, will get rid of him only because they they realize now, for the kids' sake. They got to go not, on it, without him. He can't. He can't survive. You're here. Right. He, and it him. won't be Jacksonville. It will be somewhere else. Just watch the situation. Likely, what do you got, Stags? Here's the thing. Why was Alan Hurton such a success last season? In the first two games. No, he had a good season. He had a couple other good games. But why? Because he was an undrafted free agent from Miami where Jed Fish was the offensive coordinator the previous season. So he knew the offense. Exactly. And that's it. So now he doesn't know the offense. He's he's gone. That's what I'm saying. He's, he's, He's barely, he's not a guy you have to worry about if you're an Alan Robinson owner. Hopefully, you know, Justin Blackman's the guy. Uh, because he's a true number one wide receiver, while you know uh, Allen Robinson should be. It would be a very good two, and then Marquise Lee in the slot would be great with the Julius Thomas. I love that offense. And just we don't have him down, but Marquise Lee, superior talent, superior talent at the college level doesn't always translate. But this guy had one of the top three seasons ever for a wide receiver in college for USC. Been banged up. That's obviously his issue. But when he's healthy, he is—he's—he's he's a stud. So he's a sleeper, or a deep sleeper in his own right for the reason that you said. Hearns is gone. They grabbed, they grabbed Rashad Green too in the, in the, the draft. Slot, yeah, yeah, for the slot. He's—he's he's tiny. He is tiny though. Five eleven, one seventy-six. Let's go on to the next that's guy. We did. That's Allen Robinson. Yeah, dude, my ass. You're pushing that. <laughs> <laughs> Plates. Yeah. <laughs> I don't ever really like it's hearing the words, you my small, ass, dude. you're pushing <laughs> that. <laughs> I don't ever hear that again. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Cut! <laughs> Cut! All right. Who's next? Rand, Ruben Randall. I can't believe this guy's still, and I hope you guys are right, but Ruben Randall, we've been on his jock for three years in a row, 
and I just have never seen him do a friggin' thing. So, Ruben Randall is on the sleeper list, Dogmatica, Dog, Stags. You and me. You both. Go ahead. Go, go, go first. Uh, you, you haven't... Here's, here's the thing. They went out and they said, Ruben Randall is our number two receiver ahead of Victor Cruz. We're going to take Victor Cruz back slowly. We're going to let him recover from one of the most gruesome injuries in all of sports. Uh, nice and slow. Take your time, Victor. Have fun on the pup list for the first six weeks. Uh, while you're recovering, it's going to be Ruben Randall. It's going to be the LSU wide receivers. Pretty much. And I like it. <laughs> it's, nice. I mean, that, that's pretty much what's going to happen, if you ask me. I don't, I don't know about the PUP, but um, it's, they're definitely going to bring Cruz along slowly. Absolutely. I, I mean, I know Cruz wants to battle his way back right into the starting lineup. I don't know if that's going to happen. Randall is coming along slowly, but he's coming. I mean, the thing is, he had 938 yards on 127 targets last season. Three so the tar- touchdowns. The target volume's there. The receptions were there with 71. Uh, the yards was there 938. And the touchdowns, he had only three. And this is while o- ODB had, what, 12, 13? Uh, no way that sort of repeats. So yeah, Where did 300 yards of that come from? Last two games. The last two games. <laughs> I, I mean, I like, I like, I like trend, the trend it up at the end of the season. Yeah, it's yeah. momentum factor, but it's also we're not playing for anything type of thing, you know. Right. And here's the other thing you have to realize about Ruben Randall. I, I, I like the guy, but again, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, he's got stone hands. Yes. This is the problem when you're projecting touchdowns for the guy because when. Eli tried to use him in the, in the red zone. He was very ineffective. Absolutely. And that's why he went to ODB. That's why he went to Larry Donnell. That's why he was looking for other places to go. So Exactly. And that, that's a fact. But, I, I mean, don't but he's going to get yards and he's going to get catches. So in Listen, PPR and yardage leagues, it's, it's very important. If Cruz, you got to watch what's going on during the offseason here. you got to watch during the summer and see what's going on in the camp to see what's going on with Cruz. If Cruz isn't quite getting back there, if they decide the PUP, Randall's a call. Absolutely. I mean, here's the thing with Ruben Randall. Currently being drafted as wide receiver 82, and he finished last season as wide receiver 35. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, that is awesome. That's crazy. Ah, yeah. All right. Ah, I'm, moving, ah. I'm moving him up. I'm moving him up. I like ah. that. Some of the... This that was this is why I love being a part of this podcast because something like that, just all the information that each three of you and I was not digging them at all, that makes me really want them more and more. Quick shout out, we're gonna give Chris Resendez, one of our uh, main listeners and a pyromaniac at heart, a uh, little shout out. I believe his wife is pregnant and um, wishing you best thoughts, buddy. And also thanks for picking up the draft kit earlier this week. Last guy, Ryan Kania, aka Ryan Hanlon. The dude bought the draft kit, but he was also ballsy, and he bought the mint shirt as well. Inaugural mint. I like it when a friggin' stud goes in there and wants that foam green shirt. I wear it all the time. Badass. Keep up the good work. Appreciate that. Um, All right, let's go to some sleep, uh, deep sleepers. We got uh, four or five of them. Let's talk about them quickly, and we'll be pretty good on the show, actually. Um, Cole Beasley. Wide receiver, Dallas Cowboys. PPR, beast, beast, beast. But if you're not in it, I think the upside and I think the, the, the progression for him, Deeney, what do you. I, I love it. Look, 
again, with the weapons that you have around you, okay, you you have they don't have DeMarco Murray in the running game anymore. They really have not replaced that that yet. Is Darren McFadden who's the lead guy there? Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, they're drawing all the attention. You still got a savvy veteran, Jason Witten, in, at the tight end position. Here's Cole Beasley, who. In the last two years, they have found him sporadically where he's been effective. But more so last year, you finally started to see it that, and you started to hear Tony Romo come out and speak about him specifically in interviews, saying, I trust this guy. This guy is always in the right spot. He makes the catch, and he, and he does what you need. Working in that slot right now, I, I like his opportunities. I don't like that he's going to have a, a high-end touchdown production, but if you're talking about a guy, especially in PPR leagues, He's one of these guys that could become Dallas's Julian Edelman. They have been looking for a slot receiver that can be consistent for quite a while now. And, I mean, they finally got rid of Harris, Dwayne Harris. They're just like, okay, you're not a guy either. Uh, it's Beasley. He, he can average four catches a game over 16 games. He'll play all 16 games. Um, can he really get 60 catches this season? Yeah, I think he can. Don't you think that he'll probably have... Three, at least three games with ten catches. Whew. I know no, it's, it's, that's it's, a lot of catches. That's a lot that's of catches. I can see eight. That. Here's why. Three here's with eight. eight. Three with no, eight. No, no. I'm down with go with my ten. One or two with ten. Here's yeah. the reason why. He's the third. He's Romo's starting last year. Third down option. I'll Hands go with down. Four with six. No way. Eight. Yeah, <laughs> that's more like it. Hands. I mean, he's not. You no. guys are way overboard. Ten catches out of Beasley. No. Uh, the that, way the league is right now, it's the, the, that's not the way it's going to happen. He's I not, get the ball out of Romo's hands. He's not I totally that good. good. Here's what I'm guys. saying, though. I don't you think you had DeMarco Murray, who was getting, who's. I'm not, I'm not saying they're going to be for a lot of yards on per catch, but I'm, what I'm saying is this: you had DeMarco Murray, who was getting 29, 28, 25 carries per game. Now that's gone. You have running backs that you're going to have to kind of trust by committee. I think that that's 10 less carries per game. Now that has to spread out amongst the wide receivers. Let's say if he was going to average four catches per game. It doesn't like matter. Said, I agree with you. It's high. That's high. No question about it. But I'm playing this guy. But he's but he's a third down back now. He's 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 trending upwards. He they want to get the ball out of Romo's hands because he's old and he's already frail and already has problems. And let's be honest, strength of schedule tied second easy, easiest schedule there. And who who's guarding linebackers? He's got talent around him. He's got. Dez and Terrence. This guy is going to have the duck butter of the defense guarding him. I think they're going to figure it out. Who's the best quarterback in that division? You've had about an hour and a half now. He's going to get a lot of touches. (laughs) Here's the thing. His career high in a game for catches is seven. Last year, and that was back in 2000. Don't get caught up in that. You don't don't agree with it. That doesn't matter. He's getting a lot more catches than he's ever had. Undeniably. Yeah. Look what look, That's look, true. look at what you player will. you know. Get caught up on look what Danny, you can say what Danny Woodhead did with the Jets and then what Danny Woodhead did, did with, the, with the Patriots. Two thousand twelve. Oh okay. Uh, here's the thing: he was the most targeted receiver, or the second most targeted receiver on the team from like week 11 on. Yeah. Uh, he surpassed Terrence Williams in terms of the targets, so that's one reason you gotta like him. Period. Just he's more that. of a PPR guy. For sure. <sighs> I don't think he's ever had a hundred yard game. Uh, he can, you know, do the Edelman type things and score uh, those little quick outs. So, you gotta give him a little bit of credit. I just don't see 
a ton, a ton of value in Oni and Cole Beasley on a week-to-week basis, especially when you said you hate, when you hate owning Julian Edelman. Matter of fact, I'm, I'm I just going to throw this out here. Basis, I don't want him in my starting lineup. I bet you he goes undrafted in a lot of drafts, too. As, I, well, I'll tell you this. As long as we're talking about this, when, when, we, when we talk about a slot receiver, such as a Cole Beasley, as a, a guy who's a breakout guy or a sleeper guy or whatever like that. Consider that a PPR, okay? For sure. When it comes to a regular that. league or something like that, I, I got to tell you. He's unplayable. Right. Those slot receivers are not really worth taking. I started very out few by saying slot PPR. receivers. I agree right, right. with you. Yeah. I mean, you do not want him in your starting lineup. And I said, too. I said, too, he's not going to get touchdowns. Yeah. He's a, so he's a very PPR few slot receivers that I would actually take great in a regular flex, league. Great deep Randall league Cobb, type of guy. Maybe. You know, I mean, yeah. let's go on the next guy. Because he's not a traditional Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders, if you want to count him, really, but he was an outside receiver last right. year. And, and Deshaun Jackson, but he's really an outside receiver, yeah. too. So yeah. Let's I mean, go to the next guy, and I'm going to be the only one that's going to talk about him because I seem to be the only one that really likes him. With the new Twin Towers, David uh, Fuchs or whatnot from uh, Michigan. Funches. Funches, whatever. I, I, Fuchs? It's a silent. No, yeah, my, silent end. Fine, silent end. You're going used cars, the Fuchs brothers? Bell, there Look, Buckstick, I'm incredibly busy, so why don't you get the hell out of here before I snap your dick off and jam it into your ass. Billy Brown. I like the guy. I like it. They have him on reverses. They have him running the ball. They use him. I think he... I thought we weren't going to say that anymore. Didn't I just say something that you were like, I don't want to ever hear that again? And then you just played it. (laughs) Pretty much exactly what I said. (laughs) Gus Grossman doesn't have a filter. I wasn't even listening. Les Grossman is on his own time. Les. By the way, you popped I'm saying Billy Brown. That guy is a deep sleeper. He scored some points in game individual games last year. He is going to be the guy that benefits the most from the Twin Towers and Greg Olson and a team that I think could be, not could be, they have been good. They just can keep on becoming better. I like Billy Brown and his skill set. Move Interesting. on. Yeah, I like him. Tyler Lockett was someone that uh, everyone's been loving uh, and talking about how Seahawks have done it again. Stags. Uh, I like him. He always seems to be open on film. Like, the guy just creates separation, and he does it in a run-first offense. So, hey, that's going to translate because you're not going to get the ball that much. But when you do, uh, he's got elite you know, speed, uh, elite deep speed, and elite quickness. Uh, tons and tons of production at Kansas State in a run-first offense. Uh, can catch a lot of passes. If he can get on the field, there's definitely a chance of this guy making an impact. Yeah, where's Tyler Lockett? And who's he playing for? And Seattle Seahawks Seattle from Seahawks. Kansas State. Yeah, well, I, I know. Oh, sorry, I just, sorry. You know, a lot of people, these rookie names, yeah, yeah. you got to throw well, this stuff out. Lockett, Lockett if, you're, if your name's Lockett, yeah. the, anybody Not Ricardo that knows Lockett. football. Not Ricardo Lockett. Okay, I was going to say, there's another Lockett on that team. Did Ricardo yes, play at K-State? No, I don't think so. Not a no. case thing. I mean, no. the record, record for one last name playing wide receiver at one school is Lockett, Kansas State. I'm positive I'll put everything I own on it. There's not going to and no one can beat it. <laughs> is it kind of like, is it kind of like, like, like well, There's been 12 of them since I was in college. I went to KU. It's the only reason why I know. It's K-State. like wrestlers named Brand at Iowa. All the Brand boys. Is that? There are a lot of them. Elton Brand. No one knows Elton. They don't have wrestling. to know. They don't He's have an to Iowa know. guy. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you go wrestling. to one school where wrestling's like the best sport. Yes. 
They put more people in the stands for wrestling than they did for the goddamn basketball for team. For sure. That's what well, you should. Because they're winners. A lot of guys rolling around on the ground. All right. Hey anything now. anything hey unlock now. it? Anything <laughs> unlock it? I'm Nothing. They, he's a return guy now, but I think he could become an option, really viable option. Don't think Doug Baldwin's anything to run home about. He's got a skill set that's much more Percy Harvin-like, who didn't stick around, but was something they liked. They went after and got it. They didn't like him in the locker room, but they liked what he did on the field. Lockett could be a sleeper sleeper doing a lot more than just special teams. Aaron Dobson, uh, New England, didn't draft a wide receiver. Who wants it? It's, uh, it's You know what? It's just that we talked about it earlier. It's the New England syndrome. You know, I mean, you could be anybody on that team and become the best fantasy guy in the league to have. All right, I mean, Edelman uh, two two years ago, nobody really was talking about him. Really, it was the Amendola show. Everybody wanted Amendola. He was being drafted in the first like five rounds, four rounds, whatever, even earlier than that. And then Edelman shows up out of nowhere. You know, I mean, it's just what happens in New England. Uh, listen, the guy was a second round draft pick. He is tall. He's fast. He just couldn't figure out the offense. He was injured. Now, supposedly, he gets everything, and hopefully he's got it all together. You never know. I mean, he could become the, the ass on the outside that they're looking for. Who's he got to beat out? A Brandon LaFell? Really? A Brandon LaFell? Not even Brandon LaFell. I mean, he's got to beat out the guy on the other side. Yeah, I mean, that's who he got to beat out? Bra- Brian Timms? Yeah, Timms? I mean, who the... What the fuck? How is Aaron Dobson not playing in this game? He's gonna get. He's gonna get his opportunity. I agree. He's gonna be the best Marshall wide receiver on the New England Patriots since Randy Moss. Is that saying it? Is that, <laughs> is that putting yourself out there? That's these right. There's been legions and tons of them. All right. That we, we've talked enough about the Patriots and the possibilities. Nick Toon, that's your guy, dog. Nick Toon. Uh, another huge possibility for him here. Again, they didn't draft any wide receivers. The the, the New Orleans Saints. They are depending on this guy coming up. He's 6'3". He's about 220, uh, 215, 220. He's got some decent speed. Uh, I watched him in the Big Ten. He, the guy has some uh, some really good hands. He can play this game. They tried to feature him last year in the last five, six games. They got him some catches. They got him some work with Breeze. It seems like him and Breeze are starting to get back in tune. They Excuse the pun there. I did not mean to I actually did not mean to do that. Back in sync. Sorry, oh. but no. But they had a falling out actually in the first year and a half of of their marriage. There, Tune was uh, really not working well with Breeze and not figuring out the offense at all. But last year he started to get it. Him and Breeze got together. Uh, they've been working during the off season. Believe me, this guy is going to come up and grab a position here. Cooks is a you know you gotta love Cooks. I mean, he's a, he's a middle guy and he's got the speed. He's going to be the number one guy there. But Tune can be. That second guy there, I'm telling you right now, Colston is way too old to keep that position and run with it. I, I love a tune there. Strike the schedule tied for the e- fifth easiest uh, Gotta schedule Gotta love that, especially in that receivers. division. And as long as we're time. in that division. Hold on, let me, let me, let me Nick tune it up for you a little more. Too. Go for it, please. Uh, all his numbers last season came in the last six game of the season. Yeah. 21 catches, 35, or 35 targets, 283 yards, and one TD. All in the last six games. There was nothing in the first ten weeks of the season. Yeah. So, 
if they get him more involved with everybody who's now missing from this team, the Kenny Stills, the Jimmy Grahams, and they're focused on more of a run game, he's a solid blocker on the outside. He did a lot of it at Wisconsin. Big body. A lot of blocking at oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. So think about that. He's going to be on the field, and he got all his numbers in the last six weeks of the season. Moving on up, Nick Toon. Yep. Sick. Great Same stuff. Same division. Last guy in the wide receivers, Justin Hardy. He got a, I'm sorry, but they drafted this guy for a reason. They let go of Harry Douglas for a reason. Everybody saw what Harry Douglas could do when Roddy White was out, or when, or, or, or when our favorite guy in the world was out, <laughs> Julio Jones. When those guys were out, tears. Harry Douglas was a stud. Yeah. I mean, he was an absolute. I think he was a top twenty receiver two years ago. Um, if Justin Hardy could take over that position, which they plan him to take over that slot receiver position, first of all, this kid can move. So, and he's tailor-made for the slot. So he's going to be right there Let from the get-go. He's a 5'11", 190, ran a four five six. Yeah, that's tailor-made for the slot. Period. I mean, does anybody have a argument? Elite 20 and 60-yard kind of shuttle times. Uh, Very good in space. Very good as a blocker out of the slot. Uh, So you got to like the things he could do there. Uh, Different sort of scheme he's going to be finally running. Your number three wide receiver is Devin Hester. Yeah. Devin Hester. Yeah, he could beat him out. Easy. Your path to number three is pretty easy when you're talking about Devin Hester, who had some explosive fantasy games beginning last season. But that's because Mike Smith was the coach and is an idiot. Pretty much. Well, no, because <laughs> look, the number three receiver. Because they, I agree, but Mike Smith utilized him. I have a feeling that they're... They invested an offensive a position guy. for Devin Hester they, last year. It was called the bubble screen. Well, it was yeah. the one thing that Mike... <laughs> that's Mike, what he does. That was the one so thing true. Mike Smith Don't did well last year. Scrimmage. The only so thing true. he did well last year was make Devin Hester the best receiver he's been in his career. No doubt. True. With the bubble but, screen. With the bubble screen, which is not going to happen because you need a guy to be able to, to do other things. Other things. That's and you also need a guy that can block and That's what Justin else. Hardy is for. Thank you. All right, let's go on to tight ends. Good stuff. I like that Justin Hardy call. Uh, tight ends. We're going to start off with Saints, Josh Hill. We're going to hear two sides of the spectrum. We got a hater. Let's start with the hater. All right, so I'll start then. Oh, I thought you hated him. He loves oh, the Josh Oh, sorry, Hill. but I got it backwards. Sorry. Okay. I hate it. I, it's not that I hate it. It's just that I'm not, I'm not that excited. You know, I understand everyone wants to project. Jimmy Graham's gone. Look what Josh Hill did last year. Look at those games that he did. Because no one knew who the hell he was. He was a non-entity. He was who? Jonah? Who? Hill? Who? My name is what? Slim? What? Shady? What? No. It's not <laughs> happening. That's where I'm going on this. I like it. I, I'm looking at it this way. You mentioned that they got the Nick Toon. You mentioned that they got the Brandon Cooks and the, the, the Marquise Colson and the other things. Josh Hill, why he's going to be effective and why he'll be out there is because he can block. And because they are going to more of a run emphasis to their offense. Yes, he, he made splashes. One of the games he made a big splash was against the Bears. What tight end didn't make a big splash against the Bears? He don't get to play him this year. So that's gone. I look at it this way. It's just, you know, it's, I don't like to take the guys that flash from the year before. And, and again, I just, I'm not buying it. You talk about going from an elite, elite talent in Jimmy Graham to Josh Hill, and I'm supposed to just say, Oh, it's just an easy transition? Bullshit. 
I don't buy it. Believe it when I see it. If I'm wrong, I'll eat crow, but I'm not going to waste a draft pick on it. Oh, I can't Love. do my light work. Situation. All right, listen. He's taken over a position that is the elite situation in the entire league. You want a situation as a tight end. That's where you want to be is the tight end for New Orleans with Drew Brees. Good question then. Why did they trade Jimmy Graham if that's the case? Because Jimmy Graham is on his last legs, and they yeah. know it. Yeah, he looked like crap. Yeah, he was falling apart. I had Josh Hill on my tears last year, if you didn't notice. Last year, dibs. I had him on my tears. I had dibs on this motherfucker. All right, I love a Josh Hill. This guy is going to rule the world this year. I'm not saying he's going to beat Jimmy Graham, because Jimmy Graham is an elite talent. Don't get me, don't get me wrong there. He may be on his last legs, but he's still going to do well down. for Seattle. He's not going to be nearly as good as he was oh, for his New Orleans. Josh Hill, a top 10 tight end. He has potential to be, yeah. Especially in, in, if they keep that offense. Or, they claimed they were going to change that offense last year. I didn't see it. Not all that much. They well, still threw the ball a ton. I think they're claiming they're going to do it again. They brought we'll in Max Hunger. I just, I, I, this is going to a more run offensive uh, scheme as well. Peyton still run the team. There's yeah. still Drew Brees there. So, uh, granted, they want to change. They drafted Grayson. Yeah. Right. They want to change. They're going to change soon. I just don't buy that it's that soon. Josh Hill is going yeah, to I make Yeah, I want to go out and I want to meet girls and I want to get lots of pussy. I'm still coming home and jerking off. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, 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 until she comes to me and meets me at my place, I'm still here with Rosie. You know, I, I, you know, I got They also they let go of the receivers. You know, they don't have much other other than that. I've, I do love a tune. Don't get me wrong, I love a tune. But tune ain't gonna be on the field all the time. Hill is. They we, gotta throw to somebody. Hill's gonna be there for him, and Hill's going to be open because Watson is actually more the blocker. Hill can get open. Hill does have. How many targets did Hill have last year? Is that an easy thing for us to find without painting anybody in the corner? Let's talk about his college numbers first, and then we'll circle Go, back yeah. to uh, what he did. Uh, his final year of college, 70 catches, 630 yards, 5 touchdowns. Combine. Where did he go to school? Idaho State. Uh, went out. Great competition in Idaho State. Just want to point that out. Go ahead. About as good as Iowa. These I got to be that. No, <laughs> Big Ten competition versus versus Idaho State. What, what conference are they in? Doesn't matter. Whack. Go on. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Go on. Go on. It's whack. A lot of good competition in Jackson Walter State, Payton. too. Fuck Walter Payton. Went out and performed at the Combine, put up just as good numbers as a Jimmy Graham at the NFL Combine, which is important for tight ends. Uh, let's see. You know, measured in at 6'5", 240, uh, jumped 32 and a half inches uh, on the vert, a little lower than Jimmy Graham, but broad jumped 10'6", which was higher than Jimmy Graham. Uh, similar 40 time, you know, 4'5", four, 4'6", four, range. Uh, you know, was able to do it in limited numbers, uh, last season, what what was his final stat line last 20 year? Twenty targets, fourteen catches, hundred seventy six yards. That's twelve point six per. Five touchdowns in those fourteen catches. Five touchdowns. How many of them came against the Bears? Two. Thank you. So three touchdowns other than that. How many tight ends had more than three touchdowns last season? Not 20. a lot. Twenty. How many had more than five? Uh, eleven. So not many. How many, how many had a touchdown on one third of their catch? <laughs> Probably Very not. Very few. Tim Wright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for Tim sure. Wright. Here, here's the thing. Tight end is just such a barren wasteland after, you know, five or six that Josh Hill 
could be a guy who sneaks into the end of the top five if you select him as tight end 12. How many other guys are out there that can do that for you? Not they're, a lot. They're all just kind of... it's. It's a muck after tight end like seven or eight. It's just a guy. It's a hodgepodge of guys, right? I, I no, you don't. You don't really love anybody in that range. All I'm saying is, it's a hell of a projection for a guy that had 176 yards and 14 catches last year. It's a hell of a projection. Agreed. That's why it's called a sleeper. And I understand. I'm just. I'm going to sleep on that sleeper. <laughs> and then we got to remember, Drew Brees threw you know, it to you, his tight end. You're going to be sleepless in Seattle because that's where Jimmy Graham is. I had him on my team last year. Last the, literally the last five games, like this fucking little guy. I've been he watching was Graham was on the sideline. Sideline, like, what's going on? Something was on. They shipped him. Yeah. Who knows? He was on four of my teams last year. I'm well aware. I'm not a lover of Jimmy Graham. Okay, he pissed me off. I, I'm unfortunately, <laughs> no, he's gone. I'm, I'm stuck with him. I'm now. stuck with him in two dynasty leagues right now, and I'm hoping for the best with the move to Seattle because you know what. The life in New Orleans was not looking good toward the end of it. Got so a question. A change of scenery has got to help the guy. Would yes. you have said the same thing about Julius Thomas two years ago? Who hadn't done a single thing, what? but he was I'll, in the I'll best admit, situation I'll admit possible. truth here, dog. I might have. And I was wrong about that. But you know what? There's a difference between Peyton Manning at the end of his career and Drew Brees at the end of his career. I'm, I'm starting to tell you this. As a guy who is the biggest Drew Brees Lover for the last five years. There's no one on this podcast that loved him since I've been dibs since 2011. No one loved him more than I have. Okay, but here's the point. You want to know what? The end is nigh. The end is here. It's 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 the time for him is done. The ownership knows it. This is what they're doing right now. Is kind of the way I'm seeing it. Is like they didn't have any quarterback to grab this year. It's like a two year rebuilding for them. They're starting it now. They got rid of everyone. They expect to win about four games this year. That's what New Orleans is. All right, everyone, everyone, take a deep breath. We're good. No, no, it's just, it's just. No, everyone. Yeah, that's that's just everyone. 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 (laughs) All right, let's go on. Drewbees just throws it to the tight end. We, we, oh, took, no. a, we took a deep breath. We took a deep breath. We took a deep breath. We're done. Yeah, we got more. We all took a deep breath. We don't have you. Put it on the uh, after party show. Uh, Austin Sapiris Jenkins. AS, ASJ. Really? This Austin Safari Jenkins is a very interesting uh, tight end, I'll say, just because of you look at Jameis Winston comes in. You have Vincent Jackson. You, this is like the tallest uh, two two wide receivers and tight end that they have in football. Everyone going after the what the Bears had initially with the Elshon and Brandon and, and uh, Martellus. That's what these guys are doing here. You, you we We know what Mike Evans is. He's a legit stud. That guy is awesome. Now you have, uh, you know, what we were talking about earlier with what we like the sleeper in Charles Sims and what he's bringing to the game. Tampa Bay, even though it's a Levy Smith run offense, it's an offense that's it's on and up and up. Jenkins has opportunities because one thing is, everyone knows that now this year when they get into the red zone, they're going to double or triple team Mike Evans. And you can't ignore Vincent Jackson. Right, but you Vincent know. Jackson's <laughs> never been a huge touchdown guy. No, but you can't ignore him. You have right. to guard him. But a six oh, foot that's what seven, makes it better. But for a, Austin. Right, and a yeah. six foot seven inch Austin Safarian Jenkins is going to find his options out there. Yeah, 100%. The, the, the kid is uber talented, but no rookie tight ends ever really do it. Ever. I mean, it, there's two, I think we've mentioned many times on podcast, podcasts, two that have actually ended up in the top 10 in fantasy tight ends in their, fre- in their freshman year, in their rookie year. 
ever, or not ever, but at least since 2000. That's Shockey and Gronk, Gronk. and that's it. I mean, I just, before we go, I just hope with all these tight ends, what it is to me is do you want to be great? That's it. There's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of guys drafted, and a lot of them don't do crap on a stick. And the ones that do are the ones that work hard and want to be great. Does this guy want to do that? I'm not asking you. You say what you're going to say. But my, that's my question with him is a lot of the guys. Same with the, uh, the, other, the next guy we're in, or Jay Samaro, or all these guys. It's like, it just seems like everybody that went to Washington in the last decade doesn't really want to be that great. Yeah, Jake Locker, Bishop Sankey, Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, you know, any of these guys. But the thing is, he got temporary expectations because he only had 21 catches and 221 yards last season. So, but he was on the field a ton. He is that guy who's going to be on the field a lot. And oh, should, should health permit... He should be on the field for close to 100% of the snaps. So, that gives you opportunities for dump-offs. That gives you opportunities for garbage touchdowns. And here's the thing. Jameis Winston went out and made Nick O'Leary the, you know, what, whatever they call the award winner for tight ends in, the, in, in uh, college the, uh, football. It's the, uh, uh, the Mackey Award, right? The, uh, John, the John Mackey, Mackey Award. John Mackey. Mackey. So, yep. the John Mackey Award finalist. And that guy went out in the combine and ran like a 4-9 and uh, got drafted in the 5th or 6th round. ASJ is better than that fifth guy. 5th round by the Steelers, uh, 24th uh, pick in the 5th round. Okay. So this guy's better than that guy any day of the week. Uh, he's got the size. Jameis knows how to throw it up in the end zone. Uh, he might do it to a fault, but hey, interceptions don't count against oh, receivers. Wait, wait. I'm sorry. Bills. Uh, that was Jesse James. Bills. 6th <laughs> round. 18th pick. Like Correction. Like Correction. It. He came back so fast, it was so common. Because I'm like, so, I'm like, oh, right. like he, he high-fived himself. Yeah. I did, I did, I did. I said, yes. Who did he? Who did he give it up? Then he yes. went back in the catalog, he's like, microfiche. Wrong. Guy. Ooh, microfiche. I know a little bit of I know a little bit of microfiche. So I definitely. Wrong screen. Wrong screen. The Tampa Bay Bucks did not throw it to the tight ends a lot last season. They're one of the fewest uh, targeted positions. They only threw it. Uh, to the tight end 82 uh, times last season, that's going to change. New offensive coordinator, new quarterback. You can't expect that sort of thing to play out. He's going to be on the field. He's probably going to have five, 600 yards with six or so touchdowns. And as a tight end, two, you're kind of streaming or you're gambling on a guy. He's a guy I like a little bit more. I love the kid's athleticism. I love the, the, the way that he can play. The problem is, and I thought D-Rex was going to say the same thing, but he's going to say something afterwards. And it'll probably be moving on from this guy. But um, it's still Lovey Smith. He hates tight ends. He <laughs> does not like tight ends. I don't care who the offensive coordinator is. I guarantee you, Lovey has his thumb on the, I'll, the I'll, 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 I'll give this to give the, the other side of it. I think that Lovey has learned keep your nose out of offense. What is should help? Stag Stag still hasn't quite worked yet. I know. But I hope that's the case. You were crying a little bit in the last podcast. You're like, I'm hurt. By Lovey and what he has done to offensive players and the offensive side of the ball. Uh, So it makes a lot of sense that hopefully he has learned. Makes a lot of sense that that hurts for uh, Austin. And it makes a lot of sense that you really need him to apologize to you, Stakes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tyler Eifert. Tyler. Baby. Baby. (laughs) Tyler Eifert. Tyler. Uh, 
he's another one of those Notre Dame tight ends that seem to be popular in draft rooms and then never show up at the NFL level. But and always <laughs> and get hurt. <laughs> but I, I think uh, Notre Dame players get hurt. This is his year, as a Cubs fan would say. This is his year. Ninety-seven years and one hundred. Sound like a Sox fan. Yeah, you gotta make it sound better. You're a Sox fan. You sounded more like a Southside Irish Sox. You're a Cubs fan. No, he's trying to be a drunk. I know. I know. With no teeth. With no teeth. With no teeth. But he is a Cubs fan. I am, and I've relished the fact that we haven't won in over a hundred years. So, but. This is a year. This is a year. We won today, so we're doing good. We're moving up, moving up the charts. All right, I, you like Eifert this year? Let me, let me, five, no, five no, seconds. No, 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 Give me, five give me twenty-five seconds. seconds, okay? I love Eifert this year. They drafted two tight ends, okay, at, at, for the for for the Bengals. Both of them are huge blocking tight ends. They are definitely going to more of a run type oriented offense. You are going to have. It's tough because you're going to have the the return of Marvin Jones, and you're going to have this going on. But Eifert is going to be used. They're going to they're going to alternate with those tight ends. They want to find one of them that can block. They want to add to the extra offensive line. Eifert's not going to be asked to block. He's just going to be asked to go out and make catches and be the receiving tight end that he was brought in to be. I'm done. Five seconds times five for you on Eifert. I mean, he's probably the number two target on that team behind AJ Green. Uh, Marvin Jones hasn't proven to stay healthy in the last couple of years, and Mohamed Sanu can't catch a ball so bad that he had to say, "Hey, you should you should draft a guy from Rutgers uh, in order to help us catch passes." Uh, I like you know the ability to make moves in the open field, and you know when he was doing it for the couple games uh, at the beginning of last season, he put up decent numbers. Yeah, that's good. You've had enough. All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Virgil Green, you start. We'll start I, with I you. Want, I want none of Virgil uh, Green. Yeah, that's yours. You, You're the hater Virgil on Green. Virgil Green, too. Um, no, Don is one who's like, you know what? we got to get Virgil Green on the mix. Why is that? Um, first of all, it, he's, he is the one who's eventually going to take Julius Thomas' spot. I, I love that they got an Owen Daniels to, to, you know, to handle it for the last five days he's going to be alive. The guy's like 75 years old. But that's okay. I mean, you know, give him his heydo and then move on to Virgil Green. The guy's way more athletic. The guy can can catch. He's a great blocker. He's been in the system for a while now. He knows what he's doing. It's time for a Virgil Green. It, I do not agree with me as Stags. I, 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 like I, Virgil Green. I love Virgil Green. I have no understanding why. I mean, I, sure, give Owen Daniels his last heydo. Get a little stability in there at the position now that your your stud is gone and Julius Thomas, but just for a moment because you got to get that rook, uh, that not rook, that like fourth year, five, fifth year player now who's athletic as hell. Get him going and get him going now. That's a Virgil Green. Period. I just the, the situation with Daniels coming over with Kubiak, it it, it screams of. Uh, it's nepotism. I don't know what another word. I, it's fantasy football, NFL nepotism. I haven't seen it. You said if he was a saw, if he was a second year player, and I would be feeling a lot more for it. But he's been in the league for a long time. He's been playing with Peyton Manning for years, hasn't he? Yeah. So he's well, been a practice squad guy. So if this guy is so friggin' awesome, Julius then why, is why has he never done before track? he started? Okay. But they brought in Owen Daniels. That's the other thing. Let's just put it this way. He reminds me of another guy that's on this list that also has the last name Green. Yeah, and let's move on. Let's move on. To I got... Well, oh, you got... Let them talk about it. Okay. But, it, but 
That's my foreshadowing. I know. Roses, roses, roses. Roses don't go Who got more guaranteed money, Owen Daniels or Virgil Green? Virgil Green. Uh, Virgil Green. So he's the guy they targeted to be uh, his replacement from day one. And Owen Daniels was the guy who was brought in as a secondary piece to kind of compliment that. So is he there to teach him then? He's probably going to teach him the finer points of the game. And then, you know, Julius Thomas is probably not the greatest communicator. He's probably not a 35-year-old mentor who's been on every team with Kubiak all his life. But the thing is... And had a great NFL career. Yeah. The thing is, Owen Daniels last season was brought in as a clear backup. They told him, you're the backup. And he went in last season as the backup. And, yeah, Dennis Pitta had a great game one. And then, you know, tailed off and dislocated another hip. And that's when Owen Daniels got his thing. So he was the second tight end from day one last year. And we're already vaulting him to the number one spot among Broncos tight ends this season. That's the problem I have with it. Yeah. It's like you're pretending to, to know what they're thinking bringing the guy in. The guy is old. And he is run down. And he is injury prone, as he has been in the past. To expect him as a 35-year-old to last a full season as a full... Like, do you know how many plays the Broncos run? I mean, those guys run so many plays, it's ridiculous. It's next to Philadelphia. I mean, to, to, to try and get that guy to last a season, is un, it's not possible. It's a Virgil Green. Here's really, it is. So let's, let's end it on this. I'll be the, the, the downer at the end. The down in the end says he's been for five years. He's never done it yet. What makes you think that he's going to last 16 games, playing the full load, doing the whole thing? I don't buy into it. Time will tell. I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see it. You know what? I'm going to basically do the same thing I did last year. I'm staying away from that team in general. And I know that's a fantasy power and numbers type of team, but I just think there's too many weapons across the receivers. Peyton obviously is awesome, but he goes too high. The running back situation, Ball's already telling everyone. New coaching staff. Ball's telling everyone I'm going to be the starter. Back. There's just too much new coaching. There's just too much. So I hope I get the pick behind you. <laughs> Good. No, All right. I totally. I, I, I will take. I will take those Broncos. I, no I wish you were picking behind me because I know that you and I have completely different ideas on this. Your draft would be great. We wouldn't take No, no. I would never take your guy. You'd never take my guy. It would be great. Yeah, it's good times. I never get that I mean, guy next to me in the draft. There ain't no the right. Kobe, 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 Kobe I am in. Kobe Flaner. Uh, that works. That works. Yeah. Kobe Flaner is currently being drafted as yep. tight end 18. 18. Who? Flaner. Kobe Flaner. Flaner. last year. Oh. Seven. It's unreal, and I'm I'm a big fan too. Go ahead. I mean, he's got a terrible quarterback though, guys. He's horrible. <laughs> he has that whole offense. He's no rapport. He's no rapport. The last like eight or nine years. Yeah, they have no years, rapport. Seven it sucks. Years. Boring. God. God. It's a full out running team too. What do you want with that? <laughs> Kobe Flay. Go ahead, man. I mean, his targets have gone up every year. He's been in the league. Uh, his yards per catch have increased every yard, uh, year he's been in the league. His touchdowns have increased every year he's been in the league. There's more targets around him, so he can now get vertical uh, more often. He's probably... I, they keep trying to push him up the pecking order, and he somehow keeps falling down a little bit. But I think this is the year where he just establishes himself, you know, either as the number two or number three target in the passing game. Uh, right behind T.Y. Hilton and possibly Andre Johnson. 
before anybody says anything, this is all I gotta say about him. His rookie year dropped the crap out of a lot of. Yeah, I remember a bomb that he was alone on, and he dropped it. Like literally, no one within ten feet of him. He's help, He's fixed that. He's got his old buddy Luck. He's the next Greg Olson. And he's a Valverde. You're Australian. Be Australian. I like him too because of this. He's one of those tight ends that gets 100-yard games. How many tight ends get 100-yard games? Not many. Not many. And he did two of them last year. Now, I know it was when Dwayne Allen wasn't there, but the fact remains... And Reggie Wayne was decrepit. Right. And I know that they've had all these other weapons, but the fact is he does have that rapport with Andrew Luck. And if he's going at 18th, you're telling me that you wouldn't want this guy as a potential for your number two? Come on! I, I mean, kill for him at eight. He's he's a guy. Listen, I he's, he's a guy I that in our mock draft. I waited and I took him in our mock draft. I took him in like the eleventh round or something. I'm like, holy crap! I can't believe I'm getting this value at tight end at this late in the game. No question about it. Yeah, I mean, and how much, how often does he get shut out? Often, actually. That's kind of his thing. He'll yeah, he's boom or bust. Nothing. Uh, Not as many busts as you think, though. When you think of looking all the, uh, around the entire scheme of the tight end, oh, tight these end guys, bad. he scored how many touchdowns? How many scored touchdowns did he score last year? Was eight, eight. Half the games he scored in touchdowns. He had two hundred yard games. I, mean, I wouldn't say half the games he scored in touchdowns because he does that two t- touchdown thing. That's that's yeah. even more impressive. So he, that, that 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 tells me even like more that, that I like it even more. I like for a tight end. It's a little bit of an explosion. Factor. That's a big thing. Two tight, two touchdown games. I'm, I'm all for. In those games, was Dwayne Allen there? Reggie Wayne? How many balls did he catch in those games? It's got to be a whole different thing this year. You got to understand situation, no, right? I, when everybody's hurt on the team and the, your quarterback has one guy to throw to, other than T.Y. Hilton, of course he's going to do it. Who was he? Don't just injured? jump on Cody Fleener's but he's, shot. But he's, no, he's now not, he's got he's not, But the opportunity does. He's had 87 targets and 92 targets the last two seasons. He does get. He, he, That's a lot he's of targets. He's tight on his jock. And but at the same time, I think he does kind of get a lot more opportunity. In, what did he do in, in the year before with the 87 targets? Compared to 92 targets. It was only a difference. He had uh, he had four less touchdowns and he had 170 less yards. He had, so not, he had more catches. He had he had, he had one more he had one more catch than he did this year. He had 52 to 51. He was more effective in the 87, but he was more productive with the eight touchdowns and the four touchdowns in the in the yardage in this year last year. Here's what I'll say. He's the kind of guy because of the power of numbers being on the Colts. Not fired up by having to draft him. So you don't want a single Bronco, but you want Kobe Fleener. (laughs) Absolutely want Kobe Fleener more than I want Virgil Green. Absolutely. Oh, that that I may give you. That's fine. That I may give you. I want him absolutely. Because luck, Colts, amazingness, there's no question of anything there. I don't even know if I'd give you that, to be honest. Well, here's what I'll go. So you're no, saying no, you have no, less no. questions let me, let me about back the Colts him up on this. order let's, let's, than let's, you do about let's, the Broncos? Let's go this way. Are the Broncos an offense on the rise, or are they an offense on the plateau or on the, on, on the, on the fall? I think they're on the second or the, or the third. The, the Colts, there's no way you can call them an offense, not anything but on the rise. I, I, I agree with that, but that plays for luck. Yeah, and everybody in that offense. And having the other weapons and, around Fleener helps him out more. I don't love the friggin' guy. Yeah, I don't no. want him to be my tight end. We're not talking about I would love him in 18. 
love him at 18. But you're not going to get him at 18. You're not going to get him at 18. I love him at 14. I love him at 12. I love him at 11. Ooh. I don't know about now that. Now that's getting I don't up know to where. That. No, that, I like him there. I, I'm I will, a Dwayne Allen guy, too. Totally but rich. Dwayne Allen is Has kind of molding himself into being the guy we've been talking about since tight end started, the blocking tight end. It might be just better if that guy just how puts many, on how a lot of weight. How many touchdowns did Dwayne Allen have last year? How many how many 100-yard games did Dwayne Allen have last year? How many games over 70 yeah. yards did Dwayne Allen have last year? Eight Zero. Touchdowns. Eight touchdowns How many Dwayne games Allen over 70 year? yards, though? If you're Eight touchdowns for Dwayne Allen last year in half the games? I know, and I, ha- I had him. Yeah, I seven through, starter had seven through the first and nine. My question is, you know what, we're going to have to look this up because we're not going to have time to look it up. How many touchdowns did Fleener have when Allen was playing? That's he, had, he had four. He had four in, in the first seven games. He had one, two, three, four. So he had seven in the first nine. That's the thing. Do you guys depend on guys getting hurt? No. So you, 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 if you depend you on the You seem to, yeah. Hey, you do a lot of the show. I'm just questioning. <laughs> I'm questioning. If you guys are against me doing it, no, then why are you doing it? You can't be against me doing it and then do it yourself. So because let me ask you a question. Happens. So let me the ask you a question. You guys, you say are going to get injured. Romo and uh, Lynch, they don't get injured. Romo is not my guy. Really I didn't say Lynch. Stop with the Lynch Let me. Let me ask you a No, you were all with me. I was on it and you were with me. It's okay. You guys are both on Lynch. I was on it. You were with me. Don't call you. Don't say you aren't. But let me ask you this. Go back to the shows. Don't you think that? Please do. Don't you think that with Dwayne Allen, uh, the way that he's been, and and the fact that that with what they've added to the offense in in uh, Indianapolis, the extra weapons that they have, Dwayne Allen is more of the blocking type guy. Fleener is more of the explosion type guy. I mean, that's who they are. They granted when they were both healthy last year, but they didn't have anyone last year. I think the addition they had of Andre Hilton, Johnson alone they had takes, nobody away, else. Takes, takes away about Agreed. 15 catches Agreed. from Kobe. Sure. And I hate to say it, and it's going to be weird to say it because he hasn't done it before, but you have to separate yourself, like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier, separate yourself from what happened before. Right. This is a whole new situation. Takes away four touchdowns. From Kobe. Okay. I, think, but I think all the people they added on offense takes all the touchdowns away from Dwayne Allen that you're not thinking about. Oh, I think it takes away Dwayne Allen's too. It's all. It's all. I didn't say that Dwayne Allen's going higher. Seventeen. Yeah. I think Dwayne end. Allen goes down a little bit too, for sure. Seventeen tight end. One thing I'll tell you, <laughs> I rarely take a second tight end in a draft. Let's say it's eighteen rounds. Rare. I agree. I'm with you on that. Uh, if I'm taking Kelsey, I'm not taking a backup tight end. But if I'm taking a lower guy, uh, a Witten... My I'm league is so different than yours. So, uh, yes, I do because we only have 12 moves during the year and I have to have a backup. There you go. You got this. that. So, it's all different. So, let's move well on to some of the d- deep sleepers. Dog, this is... Um, and let's make this quick. And I think this we, we pulled together and had an awesome podcast. My battery's running low a little bit. So, literally, we're going to just... Shut this down. These last two guys, Rod Hauser. I'll just, you know what? I, I'll do, t- do t- both. Ten, ten, yeah, ten seconds on each, real quick, and then we'll close it out. Rob Hausler. Yeah, I've been that. on this guy's jock for for years now, and he's been in a, on the wrong team. He's been in wrong situations, and he's been injured at various times. Now he's on a team that actually uses the tight end and needs to use the tight end, being in Cleveland. And the kid is athletic, and he doesn't have a lot of competition there. All right, the kid can do it. Give Hausler a chance. Watch him as a very deep sleeper. Deep leagues, 16-team leagues, 14-team leagues. Really keep an eye on that guy. This next guy, don't be scared. These guys already told me that they're all scared. I'm the one who isn't. 
Ladarius Green. The guy is an athletic freak. Antonio Gates ain't lasting forever, guys. Just because he did it one more time last year doesn't mean he's going to do it one more, one more time this year. Ladarius Green is a freaking nut freak. Dude, the guy can be a wide receiver if he really wanted to. All right, that, guy, that is how much of a freak he is. Watch how good this guy actually does this year. He's on the up. Please don't forget about that. That that guy. Well, you don't like you don't like him more than uh, Fleener, do you? No, I know Fleener. <laughs> no, Fleener does have. Uh, okay, Fleener does have. But that's trying to get you. I know there's Gage. We're deep sleeper, sleeper. I'm just trying to. Just I just don't like him in the ten range or something like that. Fair enough. I, we all like him. Yeah, I agree with you, guys. That was a sweet podcast. We uh, went through a crap load of players. Love hearing all this stuff. My tears. We're all working our tears for draft kit version number two. So having this kind of great information from Fantasy Minds that I respect, I hope you feel likewise to me. Crickets, yes, sir. Crickets. We love you, brother. We love you. I hope I taught you guys a lot tonight. Hey, I got you. It's our year. You got me our year. But buy that draft kit. The new version comes out May 15th. If you buy it today... You're still going to get that version on the 15th. So do it. Check out the progressions, and there will be major. Let me put a point. That will help you so much more than anything else because you'll see how our tiers change from volume 1 to volume 2 to version 3 to version 4 to version 5. And there's more content. There's more updated content. No, it's, no question it's, about this it. Is, this is how you get better, and, and you just get the immersed in the changes of the offseason because so much changes from, from March to May, from well, May to July, July to August, the draft. game starts. Right? There was an NFL draft. Yeah, it's huge. How much changed before our, our first version of our tiers? That draft happens, and we digest that to our next tiers is major. Let's put it this way: this is the one, uh, the tiers that's putting together. I hate the most. Oh, I love this. And, one. Well, no, I this love my it. favorite. One. I love it. And I hate the it because first this takes the longest. This oh, takes God, longer than the first so one. Brutal. Adding in the rookies and going, okay, now I got to figure Not out for me. where these first rookies went so and terrible. what it changes and how because because when a rookie comes in, it doesn't just change where the rookie goes in. It changes where all the all the veterans it's were. It's so brutal. We changed them. The wording of it. It's not vol it's volume one, it it's version two. Yeah. It it, it changes everything. As I said, right, I went from volume to versions. Yeah. Wait, are you making me decide to change the name of our stuff? No, oh, guys, I love it. That was a sick podcast. Deanie. Move move forward. Come on, baby. Let's go. do it. Stags always makes you reach to it. Pyros, buy that draft kit. Let's do this. We're doing a bunch of stuff. We got sickness happening at Pyro. Can't tell you enough. We're fired up here about it, and and, and we're just going to win you that fucking crown this year. It's no question about it. So we opened up with it's Peter Tosh is our uh, our artist of the evening. Uh, we opened up with Crystal Ball because we were looking into the Crystal Ball and giving you all the information on sleepers, and now. We don't mean to, I am the down presser man, so we're going to give you equal rights and the down presser man.
running this program now, JP. Show me where the drugs are. What the fuck? That ain't clear. Don't judge me. Play that again. Run louder? Yeah. Don't judge me because he's going for the drugs. Yeah! Yeah, 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 yeah. Head down! Keep your head down on the ground! Nobody move! Or I shoot the little big guy! We run under this program now, JP! Show me where the drugs are! What the fuck? That ain't the plan! 